What's up? What's up? Back to back. Back to back, man, on a Thursday, man. We ain't never did this before. We've never gone live on a Thursday, so I'm interested to see what this is going to be like. Now, I hate that we're going to miss that uh, Joey Badass album that drops. That's dropping tomorrow. And for the people, well, I guess I'll say more when the people come in the room, um, you know what I'm saying, about why we're not going to be going live tomorrow. But got to run out of town, do a little break, whatever, for the weekend, real quick. Man, man, in the super chat, not in the super chat, in the chat room already. Salute. Salute to you guys. Salute to everybody. Soul Maddox in the building. Coop, how you doing today, brother? Uh, oh, no, I'm good, man. I'm tired. Uh, but, <laughs> I but feel I'm good. Yeah, I mean, you, you know how it goes. Like, you know, just trying to stay at it, stay humble, stay working. Yeah. You know? It's all like big. Yeah, I mean, you know, the key to the next joint. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man, you know. says, are we going on tomorrow? No, unfortunately, I will be out of town on the road. You know, so we figured that we'd get it in back to back real quick. And we didn't finish what we were talking about yesterday. It's like a to be yeah. continued, like Halloween part yeah. two or something. And and uh, I'm actually going with Ron to the studio tomorrow evening to shoot some video content for According to Hip Hop. So although there's not a live show uh, tomorrow. There is some content that's actually going to get made Friday that you all are going to see soon. So yep, be working. Ryan Gillen yeah. wants to know what we think about that new Atlanta song. Some of the white. I girl. don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Would you like to talk about it? She definitely knows her zones and understands how the districting and the zoning works in the framework of what you call Atlanta. Atlanta, actually, the size of the actual city of Atlanta is actually smaller than the city of Charlotte. The actual Yeah, the landmass, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta's mostly made up of the metropolitan area. Um, you know, this is the thing, man. I saw, I think Ryan Gillum, you were the one that sent it to us early because, um, what's her name? Um, um, uh, Amaretta the Great. She posted it, the one who originally did the song. And so I don't know if she was posting it in a promo way. She didn't really say too much about it. She mm-hmm. kind of like laughed it off. So I don't know if this is one of her artists or if it's somebody piggybacking off of what she's doing and she's co-signing it. But I think in the social media age, when you post something and you don't add context to it, you're damn near co-signing it, right? Um, yeah. I think for her, with that being her song, she could have shut that shit down immediately. But the fact that she didn't and it's getting legs now, it makes me feel like, and don't quote me on this, and I hope she says more about it, it makes me feel like, is this your artist or something? Or somebody you clicked in with? You know what I'm saying? Like Because we got we to gotta stop playing around with stuff like that because in a minute, on some jokey joke shit, this girl's going to eclipse what you did on your own shit. And you helped to make it happen. So we need some clarification on who this individual is. You know what I'm saying? Is this a parody? Is this real? And I want to hear what what the original artist has to say about this. Because it doesn't seem like she got any issue with it. Um, Told you I wasn't thinking about it. I don't know why you keep trying to make me think about it. It's very problematic. I think certain things need to be addressed, man. Who, and, uh, no, I understand that, but it's like, who, <laughs> who are you? 
<laughs> yeah, man. Like, who are you? And see, the thing is, man, I hate to say it like this, but we're so quick, especially with that zone stuff and where people from and checking in. Right. If this was another black artist, she would have checked that individual quick. Now, she comes out here doing what she's doing, and it's funny. I don't know. People get to play around in certain worlds in ways where others don't get that benefit of the doubt. And it's very interesting. I mean, is it is it appropriation? Would you consider this to be appropriation? Because that's that, that would be my first like vantage point of looking at it from beyond the musical aspect and delving deeper. Do you well, consider I this think the part where she consider herself light skin, yes. That's what she said on the record. She's wearing cornrows and called herself light skin. So yes. It's very problematic. But again, y'all let this happen. We be letting stuff happen. Yeah. This is what I'm, I'm saying. I'm like, the don't... great. You could have checked this the so... moment you seen it, reposted it, and trashed it like you should have. Like everybody stop else is. But the fact that you didn't do that, you're okay with this. And so at Look. this point, until you say anything denouncing this or giving us some more information on this, I either A, think that this is somebody you clicked in with, or B, you're fine with this. Unfortunately. All that. I mean, anything, you know, money's a corruptible tool. Anything for bizuck. Shout out to everybody in the room. Let people know we're live. I know that uh, our numbers are coming up slowly because people aren't used to us coming in on a Thursday. But absolutely not. Yeah, but we here. Let people know that we here. Yeah, we got a little free time and leeway to actually lead into Mike because most of the people are used to us coming saying we're coming at five and then coming at five twenty anyway. So we (laughs) kind of like parlay for a minute. I was actually thinking. I was meaning to ask you. What did you, I mean, not not hip-hop related, but sports related, <clears throat> what do you think is about to happen, like, with the whole KD thing now? That, like, you know what I mean? Have you heard, like, the recent reports? I haven't heard the recent reports. I was actually going to ask you about KD the other day when we were in a conversation, but we ended up talking about something else. Um, what What's the update first before I jump in? There were a couple rumors floating around that uh, said that... Uh, him asking for a trade was really just possibly a farce to get Kyrie out of town. And that if they can get Kyrie out of town and get like some pieces back, he's cool with staying. What would you say to that? I would say, you know, and this is my biggest thing with Katie and I like Katie and I like a lot of the things that he's doing. Actually, he's taking his, he's taking the power back as he should. And I think that's what marquee athletes that, move so much in an organization should do but Mm -hmm. i just wish that he just wouldn't be so passive aggressive about so many things that he's you know that he wants if that's what you want to happen just say that and that's cool you know what i'm saying like just be a little bit more direct and what you want and i think that even and I, i know he doesn't do this anymore and he's gotten more direct than this as well even on social media he used to have like these fandom accounts where he would say all the stuff he really wants to say. And it's like, yo, man, just just be upfront about it. It's cool. You KD own that. And if that's how you really feel and that's what you really want to happen, just say that. Don't go out there, you know, going roundabout ways and, you know, doing these tricky schemes to get, you know, a certain thing done. Now, there's times where you got to be strategic. Yes. But I think with something like this, you could be direct. 
He's a very funny guy in terms of his behavior and his moods and what you can and cannot trust. Um, but he still is who he is at the end of the day. I didn't realize until the season was over how much of a toll Kyrie had taken. I knew it took a toll on the team. That's just obvious. But I didn't know it took a toll on KD that it did. I don't think KD was interested in playing with Kyrie. You feel what I'm saying? Like at all. Like he was totally felt, you know, he probably felt abandoned by the person that got him to come there. Well, I think that those uh, these man those mandates, I'll say those because they're in the past. I think they threw a monkey wrench in, you know, the team's plans. And I I applaud the team for standing by Kyrie during all of that. But I think in the long run, it messed with the chemistry. And that was inevitable. And those was one of the things that we probably didn't foresee happening in the long run when it came to that. Because I think it was a foregone conclusion for most people that they were going to make it out of the first round. At least. You know what I'm saying? And... When you're losing and you lose in the first round with that level of talent on your roster, then you start to be like, yeah, if this, if, this, and this wouldn't have happened, we wouldn't be in this situation, you know? No, I get that. But <clears throat> here's what you do have, though. If KD stays in Ben Simmons, you have the first real point guard who's yeah. going to feed him the ball like nobody's business. So KD's probably going to average 35 if he stays. The team is not bad. The team is not bad. I think they are probably with if Ben Simmons comes back and is like a semblance of himself, they are probably a three, four, or five seed, which means they're a player away from being like a real, real legit contender. And if you got KD in the series and he's engaged, which he wasn't against Boston, it appears, you've got a shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think he should actually stay because when you look at the team and the pieces that they've added, I'm like, well, man, I'm like, they're just missing a little bit more rebounding and just one more real shooter. They, I don't even think they necessarily need some all-world all-star player like Kyrie, just like a shooter. You know what I'm saying? I like think a they'll real be shooter. fine, man. I think we overreact. Well, not we, but the media overreacts when it comes to basketball specifically. Like, if something doesn't work right away, everybody's like, blow it up. You know what I'm saying? Like... There's a lot of factors. I mean, and uh, Andrew Williams says, I'm tired of talking about Ben Simmons. You know, it's it's a real interesting thing when it comes to Ben Simmons. I've actually never seen anything like it. So True. I wanna um I wanna address some of the stuff with the uh the Jeezy comments that I've been getting um in the community section. Uh I think DiCarlo says something about me trying to tear down a legacy. Not I'm not, I'm not. I just want to be accurate with what's going on. And the only reason why the Def Jam stuff came up and Jeezy said himself, Kevin Lyle signed him to Def Jam, right? Kevin Lyle's left Def Jam February 2004. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of the mixtapes that he put out, you know, they had Def Jam's name on it. Fine. I think that the only reason why I even brought that up, we were comparing movements, right? When we were comparing Troy... And uh, and Jeezy and what they did in their respected lanes for the city and in the city from a street level, right? Correct. And the only reason why I bring Def Jam in it, it's kind of like somebody comparing our podcast and what we're doing right now and our (laughs) organic growth to Drink Champs or something. It's not the same. And you know what I mean? Like to say that 
the reach of uh, Jeezy's movement was more national. Yes, it was because it had major money and Def Jam behind it. I mean, it is what it is. I think that's just an unfair comparison. And me, I guess, just understanding what the individual grind is like, it's like, I even not being a huge Troy fan like that, I'll, I'll give respect to what he was able to do with none of that support. I remember getting... You remember that I Declare War CD? The <laughs> shit looked like it was burned at the house. It was terrible. Yeah. It, was terrible. It, it looked like it was burned at the house. It had like a booklet with that you printed out on your computer. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's just an unfair comparison. And that's the only reason why I brought the Def Jam thing even into the conversation because that's not discrediting anybody that's on a major label or anything. It's got to work anyway. Like you, people got to connect to your music and the label can't make that happen. I mean, we've seen that with Jack Harlow and all those things. Hey Mike, maybe the algorithm like kicked us and didn't like hit us till five o'clock. Cause I just got my notification that we were on. Oh, uh, that's probably what it is. Thumbs up in the chat, y'all. So everybody knows, um, you know, that we on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so that's the only reason why I brought that up. And again, it's, uh, I think it got to be consistent, right? I mean, we talk about Chance the Rapper, right? And right. and the fact that he might not be as independent as he, you know, goes along. I would be remiss to not, to withhold this information that I'm privy to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think a lot of people just might not know. And I just put it out there in the course of, you know, the decision-making process between if I wanted to have Troy on the list or Jeezy on the list. And I think that those things kind of factored in. I think what, uh, what Troy did from an independent standpoint was actually remarkable. And again, this is coming from somebody who wasn't really a big fan of uh, the I Declare War album like that. So <clears throat> I agree with a lot of your perspective, but can I play devil's advocate just sure, a little sure. bit? <clears throat> well, some of your perspective is coming from the perspective of an independent artist in Atlanta, which you've been. So yeah. you're, when you're talking about the difference in the grind and it not being a fair comparison, it's like, is that fair? No. But that's like the that's like, you know, the small forwards for the last 10, 15, 20 years have had the guard like LeBron and Durant at the three position. It's like, well, they got way more tools than those guys. And it's really not fair. But you still have to go out there and compete. And so though I understand what you're saying fundamentally. You know what I'm saying about it not being fair? It's like, well, you still have to go out there and compete the same way these lesser, smaller forwards have had to come out there and compete. You know what I'm saying? Against these upper echelon guys. Just, you know, just for an example. But I understand the premise and the point that you're making. Um, th- that kind of, and even in that moment, that kind of hurts Jeezy's movement in the sense it makes you look at Troy and respect his movement a little more. But I don't know if it totally you know, dishevels thing. I'm, I would, I, I think more of your argument could be based on um, just the, the, the style jacking uh, yeah. from, from are we cutting in specific, yeah. you know what I mean? That that's, that's super valid. And so if you're feeling that way about it, then, then yeah, but well, I it's kind of think- twofold. I'm not to interrupt you. And I kind of mm-hmm. want to piggyback on that. Right. That mm-hmm. was another part of it where I felt like, 
that was the Jeezy that people connected to. At least here. I can't speak for everywhere else. Mm-hmm. When he was able to take that flow that, you know, Pastor Troy created and kind of ran with it, wasn't that the one, the not the one, wasn't that the flow that kind of ignited the city with the yeah and all that? And I was about to say, would you? So what I was going to say, though, is I feel like, and this is just my personal opinion and being in radio at that time, the relationships that Troy had in radio was strong. He was Mr. Birthday Bash, all of that. I feel like if Jeezy wasn't with a major label behind him and coming up as an independent artist, I'm not sure if those same people would have supported somebody who was taking Troy's style. I don't... Uh, I don't know, I don't but that's just my... You know. I don't disagree necessarily, but it just it just it's one of the I hate to say it it's like well this has happened before it's not like this is the first occurrence of this but what I would tell you don't you feel like Jeezy substantiated himself as a better song maker overall cuz Troy's catalog is good but it's also very limited I think a lot of his stuff is um it's not as mainstream right you know and like I said this is for somebody who wasn't much of a fan of his movement in that way, but the people who were fans of it, they could spout off everything. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm trying to think of the Jeezy records that I could point to and say right. that he was this strong song maker in that way, too. Oh, I mean, okay, so... Because maybe that's a part of it, too. Maybe I just don't see the strength in his song. You don't love, yeah, him. you're not a big Jeezy fan, so you don't really love the songs. I will tell you. Because it's not you, like he's Rick Ross with that. I think that's the big separation with them two. Now, if you said that about Ross, I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Even out the gate with hustling and stuff like that. Like, does Jeezy have a song that we can point to that we said even right, we can say even rivals records like Hustling or BMF from a song making perspective? I mean, I think Ross and Jeezy, although they came along at the same time, I think very quickly Ross, you know, started separating himself rather early. Ross is one of hip hop's better song makers for his era. Mm-hmm. Definitely the best beat picker. He that transitioned a, very that, well, too. I, I was about to say, well, this, well, I was about to say, there. if you wanted to give Jeezy a couple of criticisms, just like on some MC shit, he hasn't been the best beat picker. Mm-hmm. I'm with that. Like, you know, him and Tip actually haven't been the best beat pickers. It's like their legend could actually be even bigger for both had they picked some better records or different records, I would say. I think that's why Jeezy's mixtape game was so much stronger because he was actually okay. rhyming other pe- over other people's stuff. That's that's true, too. I was actually about to say he's also very collaborative heavy with a lot of his big stuff. Exactly. So if you wanted to point to that and say that, too, like a lot of his biggest songs and records from the beginning of his career to the end have a lot of features and appearances on it. And so, no, I understand what you're saying, but we um, he's not West Side Gun, but we give people like West Side Gun credit for the ability to bring people together and make dope ass records and albums with them. You know what I mean? That is some sort of trait and skill to have or to be said in this. My main reason for putting Jeezy on is more about like the catalog, the aura, the legend. It's fact, no, he's made dope ass mixtapes, he's made dope ass albums, 
He's been a presence. He's had influence. He's had stature. He's not the best MC in the world. A lot of people aren't, and sometimes you don't have to be. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's going to be my argument with Quavo today, too, and I and I'm, I can't wait to get to that part of it. Um, yeah. I had Jeezy at 23 on my list uh, as far as out of the top 25, and, and I didn't have Troy in my 25, but I had Jeezy at 23. I think I it could go either favorite. way, kind of like what you were saying with the Pusha T and, uh, and Wayne thing. Like, I understand everything you were saying when it comes to the Pusha T and Wayne thing. Uh, Dumb it down with the super chat says, uh, you're not giving Fonte respect for having a push. Okay. Alright, I want to talk about the Fonte thing because, you know, that keeps being brought up and I think Fonte's a dope MC. Yeah. I think that I don't know, maybe I predicated a lot of my things on impact. And with that being said, I'm going to be fair. I think let me put the list on the screen. I think to be fair, and if I'm going to be objective, and, and I know we still got to come with our list together. If I'm going to be objective and just, you know, be totally down the line with this thing and everything that I said about Fonte, I might have to replace Trick Daddy with Killer Mike. I mean, I'm sorry, I have to replace Killer Mike with Trick Daddy. Because, I mean, Trick Daddy just has too many countless impactful records and you know was running the game he got quality albums and he got stuff that you're gonna hear and as dope of an mc as killer mike is i don't i think that trick daddy may deserve that spot over him now can killer mike out rap trick daddy of course and i think the same thing with fonte can out rap i would say maybe 85 percent of this list I well, think it's where I struggle with is the impact part of it. And maybe, maybe, okay. maybe you could say that Fonte can replace currency on my list. I don't know. See, I mean, I, I mean, on my list that I have both. See, I have, it's funny that you say this. I have Killer Mike at 15 and Fonte at 16. Mm-hmm. And just the conversation and dialogue you and I were having behind the scenes was actually making me think, no, Mike has a very valid point about Killer Mike's, like, catalog. And you're like, well, what record of his do you play, you know? Or what do you go to? What's his seminal moment? Because it's probably, his still probably most uh, famous seminal moment is probably the verse on the whole world, wouldn't you say? I think so. Because it could have been the Never Scared, but T.I. took the show. Yeah, T.I. took that show. And the thing is, too, man, like, I don't know if we talked about that on this show or offline, but... Never Scared was a moment for both of them. Like there was a, this was a huge record. This, I, I think Never Scared could possibly be the record that if we went back and dialed down where Atlanta kind of start taking over the game, it might be at Never Scared. It, that might be the record, right? I thought like Get Low was the record. Never Scared was a little bit before that. No, no, I get, get it, but I felt big, like it yeah. wasn't really on lock until Get Low like really blew up the way that it did. I was like, oh no, shit on lock. Okay. Because okay. I think Never Scared was one of those songs that was palatable to East Coast specifically because it had two guys on there that was actually rhyming. But it gave you that crunk, you know, feel with the hook and the beat. And so with that being said, I remember seeing Never Scared on 106 and Park a lot. And I was surprised, like, because really. Killer Mike was the most famous person on that record. At the at time. The time. Yes. Yeah, at the time. At the time. Right. 
Hey, but that was that. because of the whole world, right? Wasn't that because of the whole world, though? That was because of the whole world. I want to say Adidas and all that was out. Like, Monster Adidas came out. out. Was, it, was yeah. Adidas out? Yeah. Okay. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, well, so yeah. Killer Mike was out here. We knew who Killer Mike was from, again, the Outcast stuff, the whole world, Adidas, uh, Action, all that stuff, right? So I'm going to tell you something, though. Like, um, there's just, like, not having Killer Mike and Fonte, like like having neither one of them in your top 25, though, is pretty much saying I don't really get down with like the underground hip hop version of the South. South. And so that is kind of a problem a little bit. And But I'll be fair with you. It's like if I was going to take either Killer Mike or Fonte, I would actually take Fonte. And not because Fonte is from home state, but because of work. the catalog. Yeah. Little brother and solo stuff. I agree with that. Killer Mike stuff. So I think I Little would, Brother does put him over that. Yes, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Like the now, if somebody the said that, beautiful albums. Yeah. And Fonte is snapping on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody was like, you know what? Based on, you know, what we just said about Killer Mike, you need to put Fonte in there instead of Killer Mike. I would have been like, that's a very valid point. Uh, Dumb It Down says, um, how do you define impact? Fonte was influ- uh, influenced Drake and other artists. And Run the Jewels is super impactful, performing at a bu- uh, for a bunch of people. Okay. Um, I know y'all keep mentioning the Drake thing. Drake has clearly a lot of influences. Um, I remember Drake working with Fonte and, and Elza early. But, I mean, it was the last time Drake actually worked with Fonte. But, again, I guess that's something else. Um, early. That's something else. Uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say, um, I don't know if we could just measure impact by, you know, one artist, even though Drake's kind of impacted by a lot of things. We could, I could put, I pulled up a whole bunch of Project Pat stuff that Drake used, right? And I think that that's just one artist that we can throw on it. The impact is there to an extent, but is the impact more of an impact than the other 25 people on there. Because I, I want to, but what I want to know is, and this is the train of thought I missed. What is run the jewels impact? Can you answer that one for me? Or can uh dumb it down, answer that one for me? Like they got kids out there. So I guess that was, that was the thing when I was going through killer Mike stuff, I'm like, well, what of these solo projects or run the jewels projects really stuck in like stayed and did something where you see the influence of Killer Mike. Think about it. If you're, you're think about bringing up the whole world, like we still thought Outcast was coming up with another album, like around that time. So what is this? Oh, the whole world's two thousand one. This is twenty one. Yeah, my bad. Hey, I'm doing a live real quick since we're not going on tomorrow. Can I hit you back? <laughs> All right. My bad, y'all. I ain't cut off my phone. Thursday shows, even I'm off balance. What were you about to say, though? Whole world, that was 2001, right? I mean, that's, that's two decades ago, so that's time to leave an imprint. And an impression. And so when you like where the kids at, it's like, no, I mean, if he's had a 20 year career and he's the MC that we say that he is, there should be a, there should be a few children in the street playing. Yeah. Look like Mike. 
Yeah. I mean, we see how quickly, and I know that, you know, and I agree with what you're saying, like, as far as, like, how it reflects what we feel. And it's not about what we feel about the underground or the South or whatever. And I don't even want to say the underground because people like Pastor Troy. I don't like that word. Yeah, I don't don't even like that I said that. Um, But the thing is, we see how quickly somebody like a, a young thug develops kids in this game. How quickly somebody like a gunner or, you know, and I even think, I even think somebody like a Quavo is a, I think that Lil Baby is, is a, uh, comes from the tree of Quavo to a degree. They all come from future. They do. They do. They all come from future. But I think that. <laughs> That's somebody yeah, they all with some real future. kids future out here. Future is the streets. tree, right? They all come from future in uh, Gucci. Mostly future though. I'm with that. Like 90%. No, that's real. But again, when we have all of the... Because anybody on the list... Sounds like a motherfucker. What's that? Say so he got sounds like a motherfucker. He right does, now. man. And that's it was real. very hard to keep him off that list. Homeboy Blaze says, uh, who claims Wale? I know technically he's on the East Coast. The DMV is funny. But I don't think that they claim him. Let's say uh, we count Wale as a part of the South. Where would he rank? That's interesting. That's fascinating. He definitely claims DC, and they definitely have claimed him, to the best of my estimation. So I don't know how valid that assertion is. But I'm looking at my list now. Like, yeah, if I'm looking at my list, I'm running around like 22, 23-ish. See, my list is different than yours. Mm -hmm. But let me go. Let me. Is your list up on YouTube right now? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. I got both of ours up. Oh, you got my list up, too. Okay, so like on my list, I... I mean, I would probably put him 23 ahead of Jeezy, maybe. Before, behind, probably on my list. On your list, Mike, I'd have him higher, but that's just because you have Quavo. So (laughs) you got Quavo up too high. You want to know it? And also, too, if I I, actually, you want to know what I would do on my list, Mike? I would actually take out Killer Mike and put Future in right there and take Jay Electronica out and put Trick Daddy in right there. Okay. Yeah. That's what I would do. Like, like that's how I would redo my list. Like, based on some of the evidence and some of the things we've been kind of like, you know, piecing together while we're talking about this. You keep it so high rhapsody. I don't know. That's debatable. Like, like there are some people hanging out there that you could say. You know what I'm saying? I think you know it was a comment that I read, and I usually don't give comments credence like this, but it's interesting that you know someone said this. They saw when you. When we posted your list first, there was like, um, they said something along the lines of uh, somebody from New York must have came up with this list. And I guess it's because of the lyrical MCs that are on here that may not have, I think it was the J Electronica being at 18, um, that may not have the, you know, I guess the impactful records to the South. Because that's the difficult thing, right, with with this list or a list like this. A lot of the people who might have the most impactful records to that region, either A, might not have that type of impact nationally, or B, might not be the best MCs uh, in that region, or both. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, what's crazy is is that, first of all, this top 25 was really a top 50. So we do have yeah. another 25 MCs on, on, on the list as well. So a lot of the people that, like, 
I think people feel like we left out. It's like, well, we didn't leave them out like you think. They're just on the other half of the list that you haven't seen. Right. It's like Trick Daddy's on your list and my list. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just not in the top 25. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah. I got some of your dudes on my list. They're just not in the top 25. And somebody you know in saying? the chat's talking about Devin. Yeah, we had Devin in the top 50. I got Devin. I think I got Devin at 37 on my list. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't even remember. What, yeah, because that's how this whole conversation started. I, like, dug up an old list. And then you yeah. match the list. Um, yeah. Are you okay to talk about this Quavo thing real quick? While we're, while no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I mean, actually, I, when you say, am I okay? Are you asking me if I'm okay while you talk about this Quavo thing real quick? Is that what you mean? <laughs> I want to I want to explain because everybody keeps asking me about Quavo and why he's on this list. I mean, I'll let you talk. Smoke again, this cigar. Impact is impact, right? Um, <laughs> impact I, is real. The impact is real, and even if, like you said, Future got a lot of kids out here, but when it comes to sonically and the way a lot of people are approaching putting music out, and you know what plays and how it's structured would you say the Migos have a lot to do with that to the point where a lot of people were mocking the way that they even pattern their rhymes and their hooks and you know what I'm saying ad libs all those things what I would quibble with you about that though Mike is that how effective is that style of song making for them in this climate right now and for their um you know, um, you know, for those that have come after them and adopted some of the form formula and routine that they have going on, like how much is it sticking? Because like we could kind of say the same thing about them that we're kind of saying about Killer Mike with the run the jewels and all that stuff. It's like, well, how much of that stuff is really sticking? Because mm-hmm. I don't really see them out in the street because because to me, Quavo is another offshoot of future. And so it's like when you're saying so. like their formula, it's like, well, where who are the people that are kind of like using the Migos way and style? in a way that's working that you can kind of like see today. Like, like, I mean, explain it to me. I'm, I'm like asking legitimately cause I don't see it. Okay. I would say, I would say 21 to a degree. Right. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, I, th- I would say Yachty used that to a degree. I would say, honestly, I think that even the way little baby comes with it, I think that the way that uh gunner comes with it. And granted, they all have a lot of different influences, but mm-hmm. just that circle that they consistently work with, the Migos laid out a, a blueprint of how to actually continue to not only service your mixtape crowd, but that mainstream crowd too. You know what I'm saying? Like they had records like Bando. They had records that were just on some mixtape circuit that were big, even Dab. And then they had stuff like Versace, Hannah Montana, um, T-shirt, um, Bad and Bougie. And and when you look at, I mean, countless hits that they have and countless, like, bangers on the mixtape and B-side circuit, Quavo is, like, the nucleus of that. His hook game is a 10. So when you, so, but, so respectfully, I'm saying mm-hmm. all this to say that when you're saying all those things, I'm not necessarily going to discount them, but it's like, couldn't we literally say the same thing about future, though? And just off the premise of that, doesn't that kind of slide Quavo back? Can't we say the same thing about Future? Look, Dirty Sprite and with the albums, definitely with, with the influence in terms of how to structure and how to make the songs. Well, I don't and think they're the same. Like, like, niggas really sound like Future. I don't think you know Future and Quavo like, is 
same but, person. Like, I just, yeah. It's just, it's just, I, I mean, I personally understand what you're saying. I don't see it though, because I feel like future inherently gets in the way of, of, of a lot of that premise. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I think that future is probably the reason I left Doug off, right? Whereas Quavo uh-huh. is more of a young, updated version of Gucci Mane to a degree. When it comes okay. to being able to make songs, his collaborative uh, prowess, I mean, the record, the album that he made with Travis Scott, Honcho Jack, I mean, he he works well and collaborates well with any and everybody. And, and whenever he's on a record with anybody, whether it be T.I., whether it be, you know, uh, Travis, whoever, he's the nucleus, you know what I'm saying? From the hook and however that goes down. There's not a Migo song without Quavo. We got Migo hits without Offset. We got Migo hits without Takeoff. Ain't no Migo songs without Quavo. Oh, Dumb It Down with the Super Chat says, so Impact is based on how many kids. If your music is easy to uh, recreate, that means it's uh, it's formula. Uh, what is it? Uh, formula and doesn't require skill. Now, we're going to act like I don't know. Mm, I don't know if Are we acting like Fonte made a Stankonia or Kumana or something? No, I mean, okay, so, like, no. He's a Impact dope MC. He's a great Impact. MC. Like, like, no, no, no. Impact isn't just based on, like, how many kids you have out. Because sometimes your impact is just how legendary and classic you are your sure. damn self. You feel what I'm saying? Like, sometimes it's just like, no, 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 look at this nigga. Look at this catalog. Like, when I'm, when somebody walking, and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like for a long time, like, Scarface is number one on this list, but a lot of the time, you know, it's like, a lot of the time, he's been your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. You know what I mean? So he's right. a guy that it's like, well, you may not understand his impact unless you're in a room with some of the greatest rappers of all time, and you see how they gravitate towards him. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And so those things matter, too, and can be measured as impact. But I don't want to overstate impact too much, too, because the main reason that faces that number one is because what? Well, he has the most quality music and catalog of anybody who ever counted this region has got the skills to match. Think about it. He's got records with Nas. He's got records with Jay. He's got records with Benny Siegel. He's got records with Ice Cube. You know what I'm saying? He's got Mm -hmm. records with Tupac. He's literally worked with the greatest MCs of all time and made some of the best shit in the process of doing it. Think about it. Like, who else can say that? Who else really worked with Tupac, Nas, Jay, Ice Cube? Like, like really, really. Mm-hmm. No, Beans. Beans. Uh, I mean, I would put Beans up there on that, that stratosphere, but, you know. Beans is next great. Le- next step down, we're going to talk about Beans when we get done with this list. Uh, Actually, we need to talk, you know, we need to talk about Beans and the Jay interview. Yep, we will. Yeah. Christopher Hogan says, uh, Quavo doesn't have one good solo song. <laughs> I like lamb talk, man. I do. Uh, man, there with the super check says, "What has Quavo done solo outside of features?" You know, it's so funny to me, man. This man actually has a solo album, right? And I know Andre Three Thousands leaps and bounds a better MC and all this shit. Y'all same people will sit here and argue down this man is top three all time and doesn't have any. Solo material as a rapper. It's funny. Now the solo stuff is a problem, huh? This man's at the tail end of the list. Now people I mean, want to talk I'm, about solo stuff. 
<laughs> well, I mean, y'all are hilarious, man. You know, we got to start qualifying certain things too. Like, you know, people that say the Andre stuff, I'm literally starting to pull up on people and I'm like, well, you know, Prodigy made Quiet Storm and mm-hmm. Raekwon made Incarcerated Scarfaces and they're not even in our top 10. Mm-hmm. So explain to me how that works exactly in your world. Like like the world, the hip hop world that you're living in where Andre 3000, and I understand because I used to live in that world, but I don't anymore. Like the thank you for removing me from that world, Mike, opening <laughs> my eyes and showing me to the light. But now that we have made it to the light, it's like, okay, can he make something? Not saying it has to be like on some East Coast gangster classic rap shit like Incarcerated Scarfaces or like Quiet Storm. But that high, high level solo standout moment that makes you say that might be some of the best rap that I've ever heard. Can he, he make doesn't the, have a song? Let's like go that. with Lauren. Can he make a, a doo-wop that Lauren's thing got, as Lauren's a rapper? Like Can Lauren's he make a, a lost ones as a rapper? Final hour. Yeah. Final hour. He doesn't even have a final Mike, final hour is a beast. Melvin Wright with the super chat says you guys keep saying about impact, but what about Jay Electronica's impact? Opposed to Jeezy. Got to stop disrespecting the snowman. I don't have Jay Electronica on my list. I don't. Well, I have, him on, I have him on mine, but I just said I would swap him out for Trick Daddy, actually. That's one of the changes yeah. I would make. So, yeah. I mean, again. So, no my, to Jeezy. I actually like Jeezy more than Jay Electronica. My list, it, looking at it now, my list is a lot about impact. And maybe that's why Luda is 18. Because I know how nice Luda is. You know what I mean? And that's kind of far down, some people I, I, would think. I, I felt Luda was actually the perfect combination of somebody who was nice enough and had enough hit records and did leave enough of a mark that he was top 10. Like, just enough. Like, he did just enough, in my opinion. So you I think he feel left like a mark like him. that? I feel like, I feel like you have him too low. I you think he left a mark like that in the South? I said enough of a mark. Okay. Like, enough. Like, like you want to know what? He has his own little niche and thing carved out that he's always going to be remembered for that you can't, like, take away from him. You know what I'm saying? No, that's real. Like, that's not real. a lot of Southern MCs, like, have that. You know what I'm saying? He's got something to call his own. Yeah. Mad Max with the Super Chat says, uh, the Migos flow is the flow everybody uses. Future tweaked his flow because he wasn't rhyming like 2011. Migos had the clubs in 2012. And this is Mad Max. This is our younger audience right here speaking. Okay. That's a, yeah, I want to hear from the younger people about this. Um, no, no, no. I mean, that is... As a, well. If, um, if that's, I mean, we, we got to give that some weight because, you know, Mad Max is younger. You know what I'm saying? And so that that that's why I was asking for them. Like, I was like, no, no, no. Give me the evidence where the Migos are, like, influencing it. If you're telling me that the Migos... Or making like future go back into the lab and twerk with his flow. Oh, that's some evidence. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I still don't think it's enough evidence to have Quavo up this high over some of the other people. But I do. But but valid argument and point made by Mad Max. Yeah. I think also too what we have to look at, and I know we're living in the now. I think the Migos run has been. I mean, I think it's kind of its tail end now. But the right. run has been very extensive over some other people's run who wasn't uh, whose run wasn't that extensive. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of how I factored in, you know, with the Jeezy thing. And I know I keep getting heat for that. I think that after the, after Thug Motivation 101, it was kind of a decline, right? I mean, am I wrong? He's had, he had some ebb and flows. So as a fan of his, I've always told you, it's like, well, Trapper Down 1 and 2 are really his favorite joints of mine. You know what I'm okay. saying? 
I actually prefer Trapper Die 2 to Trapper Die 1 because he's a better He's a better MC. rapper on there, yeah. He's a better rapper on Trapper Die 2, yeah. I think people like Trapper Die 1 for nostalgia purposes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because Hood Politics but, is on Trapper Die 2, right? Yeah, it is. Hood that, Politics. Right? Mine is Go Hard or Go Home. Uh, the, L, uh, the L Web, excuse me, says, how do y'all have Ross high up, though? Uh, where is his classic album? I'll let you handle that one. Are we going there right now or are we going to finish the Jeezy thing? We can go there right now. Hold that Rick Ross thought. Let's finish the Jeezy thing. So he has Trapper Die 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And after that, 101 is his biggest buzz and his biggest moment. And when you look back at it, it's still his best album probably. But the recession was a, a record. A, <clears throat> it was inconsistent at times, but it has some of his most high-level stuff on there. Welcome Back, Who Dat. Um, Who Dat was a banger. I love Who Dat. Yeah, Who Dat was banging. Yeah, Who Dat, Who Dat might be Shorty Red's best beat. Um, what else? He had uh, Get A Lot was on there. Put On was on there. Uh, Black President with Nas was on there. So he had some stuff on there. 103 is probably his second best album, Mike, but he had a lot of help. But he put it together like in a West Side Gun type of way where it was like really, really dope. Like Jada Kiss and Fabulous are on there on OJ. Uh, Future's with him on Way Too Gone. Chains is with him on Super Free. Drake, think about it. He got 3,000 and Jay-Z on a song together. Like, that's not regular nigga type of shit. <laughs> like, so I do. You know what I'm saying? They, like, paste, it's not, they pasted 3,000 on there. <laughs> they got, they got um, This One's For You with Trick Daddies on there. So he got yeah. Trick on there, too. Like, you know, like 103 is pretty damn nice. Uh, Leave You Alone with Neo is on there. Mm-hmm. No, so, like, right. he, I need so, to go so, revisit so, that one. So 103 is pretty fucking strong. I think people don't give 103 enough credit, actually. It, it was one of the better albums that came out of the South, and particularly out of Atlanta at the time it came out, actually. Let me get this super chat. Uh, we got Jason over here. He says, what up? I'm a big fan of what both of you are uh, giving the people with your info and objectivity in hip-hop. I've learned a lot about the culture since. We appreciate that. We want to continue to give you that, man. Good looking out. Um, DJ Bruce Almighty says, did he question Ross? Shaking my head. Just kidding. Okay, um, hold on. So are we done with the Jeezy thing, or you want me to kind of finish we, that thought, or are we jump into the Ross thing? Let's right jump now? to the Ross thing. Let me get to the rest of these Super Chats. Uh, Tabernet said, no notifications today. Three joints uh, that made its way to Australia growing up. Mike Jones' first album, Slim Thugs Already Platinum, and David Banner's Certified. <coughs> they turned me on to the South as a youngin'. Okay. Ray Rims with the um, with the fifty dollar super chat. Good looking out, Ray Rims. He said fifty for the time lost. Um I hit the mat bad, but I got up before the eight before eight count. Listen to every episode until my money got a little bit better. I only knew you brothers were doing a Thursday episode about a minute ago because I just finished your Wednesday episode. Well, thanks for the love, Ray Rim. Good looking out, man. You've been hey. missed. Glad you're doing better. Uh, Jason says, "Who's the best producer you've heard beats? Uh, for you've heard beat for beat. Okay, we. There's a couple of things. Peace from Australia. Appreciate you, Jason. Uh, one more. We got a lot, man. I'm sorry. The L Web says DJ Bruce Almighty Ross makes the same type of music over and over. Overrated. 
All right. First of all, Ray, if you need anything, like hit us. You know what I mean? Inbox me or Mike. Like in the yeah, super yeah. Chat. Shoot the email, man. Doing? He he emails us yeah. and everything, man. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us, drop a line on us, please. Um, to the Ross thing. Um, first of all, the classic albums. I think God forgives and I don't is a classic. Would you like to pull up the this because when people this is what I mean about how sometimes albums get slept on because of who the artist is. This was the album where it's like, I just gave it up to Ross because it was just clearly like a brilliant album. And it's, it's one of those albums that it's like, well, it's really hard to say no to it. If you actually like really think about it, especially if you look at the landscape at the time. So the track list and the God forgives and I don't like, I want you to <clears throat> tell me where you're, tell me where the bad song is, Mike. Pirates, three Kings, <laughs> a shame. Maybach Music 4, 16, Amsterdam, Hold Me Back, mm. 9-11, So Sophisticated, Presidential, Ice Cold, Touching You, maybe Ice Cold. I, I was going to say, Ice Cold is like the first one you named that I'm like, uh. We're on track 12, Ice Cold's track 12, and then it goes Touching You with Usher, Dice Pineapples, 10 Jesus Pieces, That's my Triple Bream Dreams. Rich Forever? That's not a classic rap album? Yeah, I think it is. That's clearly a classic rap album. But again, that's I think I'm like biased, man. Start. That's one album, Mike. Mike, that's some that's some Southern artist hit catalog. I felt like I was maybe biased with that record because I used to be in Miami a lot and um, when that record was out. Yeah, when that record was out. Amsterdam was my shit, man. Amsterdam. Pirates? Three yeah. Kings? Maybach Music 4, 16, Amsterdam, yeah. Hold Me Back, 9-11. Mike, these are all classics. Yeah, Amsterdam. Nice yeah. 10 Jesus Pieces, Mike. That's classic, classic. Yeah, 10 Jesus. Mean Dreams with Nas, Rich Forever. Yeah, I think I'm going to listen to 10 Jesus Pieces after we get off this live. Like, what you talking about? And Mike, that's a classic, classic rap album. Not just like, but not just like a classic for its time. It's like, no. Like, how about this? Ice Cold. Better than Braveheart Party. Still, Maddox a classic. <laughs> but that's Nas, though. Double Down with oh, the Super Chat says, uh, this is the last time, this is my the last of my rent money. You keep changing the argument. Fonte being favorite rapper's favorite rapper is impact. Run the jewels is selling out arenas. It's impact. Okay. Man Nan says, didn't Chameleon have impact in the South? More business wise. But photograph with Bun B was my shit though. I think when we start talking about impact and I and I hate to do it like this because you know, but it is what it is. Look, we got to start pointing to music, right? Because that's where the impact really comes from. Well, that's so why Ross is so gonna, high, Mike. Huh? Like, like, think about it. It's like we just named those records off of one album. Exactly. That's not deeper than rap. That's not Teflon Don. Like, yeah. The impact yeah, really comes from the music. You know what I mean? Like. I have, and I don't even know if I'm going to get to it. With the whole Quavo argument, I have written down like 50 songs. I was about to say, Mike, I don't know I, if anybody even on this list has more bangers than Ross. Like, like if we just talking about like the stuff that you put in your car and just like, yo, ride to that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if there's anybody on our list that has more bangers than Ross. As an individual and as a solo artist, it's hard, man. Ross or Future, right? Yeah, that was the first name that came to mind for me. 
And then I was thinking about all the collaborative stuff that they've given other people too. And it's like, it's clearly yeah. those two. When Mike, I mean, you saw what happened to Chains. We love Chains. I got Chains at 19 on my list. Ross was like, I got another 20. And I was thinking like, damn, you do. Because you didn't pick any of my records. I picked Chains because, I mean, I let's just that. be real. I, I was just being illogical and being a fan about it. But if you want to sit here and be objective, it wasn't even fair. But yeah, see, Ross, I didn't know I'm, how Ross was going to approach it. I didn't know he was going to go out there playing some of the stuff he like, did. How about this? If if Big Boy doesn't have Outcast catalog and Outcast catalog isn't what it is, like it's not even like a conversation. And I don't have Big Boy ahead of Ross. Like I got Big Boy ahead of Ross strictly because of the Outcast catalog. Because if we were going like solo catalog for solo catalog, it wouldn't even be a conversation. Not with Ross. You know what I'm saying? Ross has a special catalog. Period. I yeah, mean, like, like Big any Boy's region. solo catalog is more... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just saying of any region, not just the South, you know? Yeah, like Big Boy's catalog is more comparable to Bun B's to me. You know what I'm saying? Like As Ross catalog artist, is superior. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mad Max with the Super Chat says, Teflon Don is a classic. God forgives I don't. is very good. I don't know about classic. Listen to the songs like this name. <laughs> you know another Ross album that I personally like? I like the uh, one that had Elvis Presley Boulevard because he dropped two in a year that time. I think it was right after uh, God Forgives, right? I like uh, I, I like uh, rather me uh, rather no. you than me. The one no, that, that was the same year as Mastermind. The one I'm thinking about. I didn't like Mastermind like that. I like the beats Mastermind. in there were dope. The beats were dope. You didn't like him uh, redoing your nobody to somebody kills you. Nah. I like um yeah I like rather you than me that had that's rather you than me Mike that's the one that's got Santorini Greece yep. look at this apple of my eye yep. idols become rivals yep. trap 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 dead presidents I think she liked me game ain't based on sympathy Lamborghini doors Scientology triple platinum summer seventeen like he's got no 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 he deserves to be in the top ten possibly top five. The L Web behind it says Ross makes good music for the whip but I've never been high on dude and see i think that sounds like more of a personal thing right we got to put all that aside yeah, and let the yeah. music you know speak the yeah, music is music. the music is the one that's gonna rank you right it's not right. your personality and all of that and uh what is it seek Bix says would you guys collab with other youtubers for streams specifically uh torturita haven't heard of torturita well, you know, whatever you guys want to see. I mean, even when we did uh, Rap Roundtable, we need to get up with them again. And yeah. that was fun, you know. Everybody's cool and, you know, people want to have a good conversation and ain't no trolling, nothing like that. Yeah, we cool with it. Okay, so like, uh, you want to, um, what do you want to do? You want to like wrap up this list and then kind of move to the Jay thing or the mm-hmm. Siegel thing? Because... Because, you know, this is a continuation. I don't want to take the whole show up again. <laughs> no, 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 for real. I'm with that. Um, so let's just say, let, let's go through any changes that you would make to your list or and my list, and we'll kind of keep it moving. We can kind of start with you since, you know, you are our new viral king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm putting Trick Daddy in, in for Killer Mike, but I'm going to push Quavo back a spot. And Trick has to be above Quavo, obviously. Um, okay. I might have Currency slightly. T- uh, I don't know, man. I love what Currency's doing. Where you got Currency? I got Currency at 20. I got him at 17. I just... 
I got I got credit twenty one. I kind of like where I got that. Yeah, I think my biggest misstep is not having Trick Daddy in there. I'm about to say crit's probably my biggest misstep, but I think I got crit at like matter of fact, I'm looking at where I got crit. I got crit at 28. Because my 26 is BG, my 27 is no malice, my 28 is crit. Man, no And then my 29 is trick daddy. Yeah. So I'll tell you what. So for me, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. And just just you know, about all things being fair and considered. If you want to put Wayne over Pusha T, I'm cool with that. But I would submit to you that it's like if we're doing that, like I would actually probably move Cole up to two if we're doing that. Because I'm if 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 we're doing that, I'm taking the like if we're gonna ignore the fact that like, you know, what I mean, Wayne never really stepped to him, then it's like, well then give me the MC after face, and that would be Cole. You know what I'm saying? And Cole's a superstar. And Cole, right, right. That's what I'm saying. Is it's like, because because the the Pusha T Wayne thing is about Pusha T stardom or lack thereof. It's like, oh well, Cole's a big ass star, and he's a better lyricist, like than almost pretty much anybody walking around right now. So I'd actually go face, and then I go Cole, and then we can go Wayne and Pusha T comfortably. And I'm cool all the way until Killer Mike, and I would take Killer Mike out and um, insert. Who did I say, Mike? I would. I said I'd insert future. Yeah, I put future right there where Killer Mike is. Okay, second generation for second generation. Yep, and I would take Electronica out and just put him probably where I have Trick at twenty nine and move uh, Trick in and put Electronica back at twenty nine. And after that, I'm cool. I'm an MC guy, so putting Sahai High and Rhapsody in. If you want to give me, because because right after Sahai High and Rhapsody, I have BG and No Malice, so I kind of like pick the lyrical over like the catalog a little bit at the end. And so if you wanted to flip that, that's fine. I think a lot of people slept on who BG like was when he was. Yeah. You know yeah. And I mean, from what I understand from my friends out there in Louisiana, he was a pioneer when he came to the gangster shit that was yeah. getting spit in, um, you know, in that region. Um, yeah. Mad Max of the Super Chat says every album after Teflon Dawn was the exact same. That's why Ross, um, uh, what devised because uh, what is it devised because he's not all that he picks great beats he's not all that but he picks great beats but he doesn't do much with them you know I think he does enough as far as like he doesn't go over the top with it he's not gonna go crazy on the record he blends in with the records very well and I think we heard that on my beautiful dog twisted fantasy on devil in the new dress like he sounds like he just going right in with the track. Sean you know, with the super chat says, uh, "Top of the evening, guys. Uh, BG's resume from Cash Money catalog should be higher over Juvenile." Who? What were you gonna say, Coop? I mean, I love the BG love, but like also too, like just and, and this is just respectfully. Um, Four hundred degrees is special. I got Juvenile at twenty two. I got BG at 26, so he's absolutely right. And Mike, you just named what the separation is. Yeah. It's 400 Degrees being the special album that it is. If, 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 if How about this? If 400 Degrees doesn't have high and back that ass up, it's BG. But it's like high and back that ass up are literally that important and 400 Degrees yeah. is that high. Those yeah. are big ones to have. That's like saying home, if home the Ghetto runs. Boys didn't have Mom playing tricks on me or something. Like, no, you know, no, those no. are big records. Like, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and so... I want to kind of end it like maybe with this. 
Scarface is the author of My Mind Playing Tricks on Me. Never seen a man die. A minute to pray, a second to die. Hand of the dead body with ice cubes. Smile with Tupac. Favor for a favor with Nas. Uh, what's the joints for Jay? This can't be life. And guess who's back? Like, mm-hmm. who, da- who, da- who down here got that? Somehow, someway. Somehow, Dumb somehow. down with the super who, chat who, who, says. Dumb down says, so you got Ross's music over the minstrel show and the listening. Go album for album and Fonte wins. You diss big boy. Oh, that's but not got Pusha T at number two, two based in. on group work. You can only you can only go two albums in. That's totally not a fair assessment or an accurate assessment. You, you can only go to the Mistral show and the listening to find the superior work. It's like that's two albums. That's not enough. Well, they said something just then. What all right? Who you got? You got a uh, little brother, Eclipse, album for album. Clips. You said that with no hesitation. Yep. So you got you got Hell Have No Fury over the minstrel show? I do, but it's it's not by a lot, but I do. I think the minstrel show is um Little Brother's best work. I, I have, agree. I have fond and vivid memories of the listening. Uh, it was one of the Ah, God, we worked with. Getting at me, Fonte made my list. They need to be getting at you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, He's it, it was list. a guy that worked at Dave and Buster's with us back in the day. Man, his name slips me right now, but he was one of the captains, right? And uh, he was into underground hip hop, and I guess underground at the time. I hate that the term. Asian too. Dude? Yeah, man. Yep, that's his name. Dan used to burn my CDs for me. Yep, and the first time I ever heard the listening was through him. Me and too. Burned that, we, I think we was at his crib or something. It was like right. he had the CD. He played he lived, the shit. And yeah. We lived in those same apartment complex behind the BP off Cobb Parkway across from the Best Buy. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, we lived in the same neighborhood. I would walk from my building over to his building when he would get off from work and go up into up, up into his room and be like, yo, I was like, I got some coming over. Make me an R. Kelly mix CD. Boom. That's yep. before we said R. Kelly was a nasty bastard. <laughs> but yeah, man, that was my first time listening to Little Brother and the listening when that came out. I was like, that, yeah. I was like, yo, this is dope. Mm-hmm. Fond memories of it. Um, he used to, um, he used to take my instrumentals for me, Mike, and put them like on a whole like thing for me. Like I would have beats over here and beats over there. I'd be like, hey, Chan, can you like put the shit on like one thing for me? Oh man, hip hop was so fun. Man. I ran into him <laughs> at you remember Claire Harper? Claire Harper. Yeah. Claire's, uh, one of Claire's kids had a birthday party probably about six or seven years ago, Mike, and I went up to see her and went to the pool party and took my daughter, obviously, because she loved to jump in some water. And uh, and Chan was actually there, and we chopped it up for a minute. So I saw him about six, seven years ago. That's he looks good. He's in, he's, in, he's in really good shape. You know he's always a big dude, but he's, like, in shape. That's yeah. what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. DJ Bruce Almighty with the Super Chat says, Saha lyrically is the top five Southern MC ever, question mark. Yes, correct. Yeah, bar for bar is pretty tough, man. Uh, yeah. Christopher Hogan <laughs> says, A Soldier Slim is Louisiana's GOAT. Soldier Slim is that dude. I got Soldier Slim is at... Um, he's 33 Ooh. on my list. Sean with the super chat. Appreciate the love, Sean. Good looking out. Says, if you do Chopper City in the Ghetto versus 400 Degrees, song for song, BG wins all day. I'm writing that in my notes. We're going to do that next episode. I was about to say. I want to do that. 
put that down. I want to do that because I actually love Chopper Shitty in the Ghetto. So can I tell you something personally? Mm-hmm. I know how and back that ass up a bigger. I think Cash Money is an Army is a better song than both of those songs. That's actually. one of just my favorite. Speaking. Get just out of my head. Speaking. I was just, just telling on fundamental on some rap shit. A Cash Money is an Army is better to me. I was telling you know somebody the other day that that's one of my favorite Manny beats and one of my favorite Cash Money songs. Period. He's the one that actually got me on them, Mike. I wasn't on them after 400 Degrees. A lot of that is just the younger contrarian in me that, like, just refused to ride a wave that, like, right. really hit that hard that fast. But when BG came out with that, I was like, no, I can't deny that shit. That shit hard. Like, My stomping ground is the motherfucking UPT. Mm-mm. Yeah, that shit was hard. Yeah, and then Bling Bling's on there, too. So if we want to talk about hits, Bling Bling's important. Oh, oh, super important. It's, it's in the dictionary. Every time I come around your city. Um, all right, so what, you want to move on to this Jay-Z interview? One more thing. I got actually one more thing for you. This is just some head stuff, and then we can move on. Who are the top five lyricists to come out of the South? Okay. Are we just taking away everything? Are we just talking about straight We're just tripping it down. Lyrically speaking, who are the best five guys we got down here? Andre 3000. Yes, sir. Uh, CeeLo. Agreed. Saying, man, I'm starting to think Saha. Mm-hmm. I'm going Pusha Cole T. after that, but yeah, Cole. Yeah, I'm I'm good with those five. And no, we missing one. That's four. We got Cole Saha. No, nah, I said Pusha T. I said Pusha T. You put Pusha at five over oh, he's um in the mix over over. This is um, no order. What I said but. over over Fonte and um and Jay Electronica. Yes. Okay. I'm cool with Do that. Do you have Fonte over uh, Pusha T as a lyricist? You no. Know, you know I don't. Okay. You know. <laughs> but I might be biased. That's why I was asking you. No. No. Okay. okay. I mean, listen, man. Check it. I, listen. Listen. And I don't want to sound like I'm dumping on whoever, whoever, right? Fonte could give us a, a runaway verse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 but, capable but of. Pusha can has he those a, things. But hold on, hold on, but can he give us a so appalled verse? Exactly. Ooh. Pusha's done all these things. Yeah. Pusha got more. I believe that Pusha could, I think Pusha, outside of the singing stuff, can do what Fonte does on the mic, but Fonte can't do what Pusha does on the mic. I agree with that to a, to a large degree, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, yeah, now we can get to the J interview. They say yeah, we yeah. got to have Scarface lyrically in the top five. I mean, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Who's going out? I'm taking Saha out if that's the case. <laughs> Dumb it down says y'all hating is confirmed. <laughs> We're not, hey, man. You you gonna have me listening to nothing but little brother on the road trip, man. Maybe I, I forgot. had Fonte at sixteen. I'm not hating on anything. I y'all love know Fonte. me, man. I'm a huge Elzai fan, right? And I think for me, when those two hook up. I mean, because they're very comparable as far as style and approach goes. You know, um, Elzai, you know, with Dilla there, possibly sometimes. And then you had uh, Fonte with Knife Wonder there. And just the way they approached the track. Every time they've gotten together, Elzai... I'm I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Elzai makes Fonte look like Big Pooh. Okay. To me. Now y'all might think different, but so I think maybe that's kind of you know making me like, oh yeah, I can't I can't put Fonte over Saha lyrically. 
And somebody said Fonte was equal with Elzai. Man, I'm listening to different stuff, I guess, man. I guess. Um, ready to talk about this Jay interview? Or you want to talk about Beans? I, no, I know you're really excited we'll, to talk we'll, about we'll do, Beans. We'll, we'll do Jay, then we'll go to Beans. Jay-Z does an interview with uh, Kevin Hart. Um, covers a whole lot of stuff. He seemed very comfortable in this interview. And uh, one of the big things that stood out in the interview, because people had all their individual clips that they would put out, you know, for traction on the interview and, you know, to get views for themselves as well. But one of the big things was the fact that Jay says that he's not actively doing music right now. Mm -hmm. I want to start there. Okay. Do you believe that? First note, rope-a-dope. This is the most competitive rapper who ever lived. I do not buy that for a minute. In in an ultra competitive sport like hip hop, this is our most ultra competitive guy, and he's walking around telling us, "I'm eh, not feeling that competitive." I don't buy that at all. That's like saying Michael Jordan's not competitive. That's like saying Tom Brady's not competitive. That's like saying Kobe when he was here, God rest his soul. Like that he no, he's one of those type of competitors. I think yeah. he is the most competitive rapper ever. Yes. Easily. Like, I don't even, as far as like those high level guys, it's not even a conversation. With the skill set, with the skill set to be competitive. Like, I feel like, I feel like Drake is extremely competitive, right? But I don't think he's nowhere near that skill set, in my opinion. Right. I think that Kendrick is competitive, but he doesn't do the things to be competitive. He just talks about it. So he, yeah. he literally talks about his skill set. He doesn't actually act upon the skill exactly. set. Yeah. <laughs> the only other person would have been Big. I think Big was competitive in that way. But yeah. yeah. I mean, all these dudes are competitive. It's like Meth was saying in his interview, like if you don't think you're the best, you ain't no MC. Right. 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 Um, so you think he's working on music and just I'm not even saying that he's working on music necessarily right now, but don't tell me that you're not like, no, no, no. Especially when you don't write and the stuff like comes in your head and it sticks the way that it don't tell me that. Don't lie to me. You're writing songs in your head, fam. Like, cause it's like who you are and what you, like, we can't help it, Mike. Like, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> you don't think this is uh I say this in a, I mean this in a glowing way too. You don't think this is a possibility. There is a possibility, excuse me, that he is just not, He's just not inspired. That could, you know, um, the most striking thing about this interview as a whole to me is how little music was actually discussed. Right. You know, Um, so he's definitely in a different place. Um, One of my notes is, is is that, well, part of the reason why he looks so comfortable is because he's controlling all of these narratives. Like, notice he, like, barely even, like, he, I don't even think I saw him sip the wine of either either uh, glass, like the champagne or the Cabernet. Did you see him drink any? I didn't even pay attention to that part. Yeah, just watch him. He's always on point and making sure, you know yeah. what I'm saying? He like, he's yeah. meticulous like that. You got to be paying attention to the small stuff that that man does or does not do on camera. Like, the first thing I noticed, he did a toast. He sat that glass down, and that's where that glass stayed. Okay? That's so Jay. he's, like, very, very clear. He knew... uh uh, the, the point where you said knowing and execution and like where it meets, I thought that was like, you know, I'm like, I thought that was some classic J like rhetoric. He has a, uh, you know, <clears throat> what is it? He says on cashmere thoughts when I drop the subject verb and the predicate for this rich nigga rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's wealthy 
rhetoric. It's not rich rhetoric anymore. It's well, he's not rich. He's wealthy. So the rhetoric is wealthy. Like when he talks about uh, controlling how this, how to spend your time, you don't control how you spend your time. You know what I mean? When he talks about having control of time, I'm like, well, you can afford to, let's say, competitively not rap for three or four years so you can do the things that you want to do with your kids to be the father that you aspire to be. And that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. That's wealthy motherfucker talk, though, Mike, because people can't take three, four years off to dedicate to their kids. And you know what I mean? For 99 percent. You get what I'm saying? And He's so, you know, the rich nigga rhetoric is turning into wealthy rhetoric in terms of like some of his views that he espouses. It's like you can officially tell it's like, no, he's wealthy and been wealthy for a while now. You feel me? He sounds incredibly enlightened. You know what I mean? Like, it, it yeah. seems like every topic, it's coming from a, it's coming from a different perspective than I guess we're used to when he was active as an artist. One of the things that stood out to me, let me get to these super chats and I'm going to get to that point. Man Nan says um, he knows that he ain't got nothing to compete with Nas. Uh, Mad Max says, uh, how hove more competitive than Pac? Pac battled everybody. Uh, Ray Realms with the Super Chat says, Jay-Z translation device, uh, I haven't made music in the last month. <laughs> Correct. No, so he is more competitive, Pac. Like, okay, so you're talking about on a battle level. See, Jay is like that too. But Jay is competitive bar to bar, rhyme to rhyme, song mm-hmm. to song. Like, listen to the way that he's rhyming on The Watcher 2 when he knows Rakim is on there yeah. and on Black Republican with Nas. It's like the intent of the MCs in the room is different. And how he extended his verse on um, on the You Don't Know remix with MOP. Because they smashed it. Yeah. They and how he it. added a fourth verse on Big Pimpin'. On Big Pimpin'. Yeah. I was about to say, on a can of pee, my stamina be yeah. enough for Pamela Anderson Lee, TV Jam of the Week. Yeah. <laughs> now, one thing that really stood out to me, too, is when he was talking about his retirement the first time, right? And he said, you know, he was just tired. Like, he, um, you know, he, he was just going at it every year, every summer. Oh. I never heard him say that. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it sounded very reminiscent, and I know we always bring this up, or I always bring this up on this show, of Michael Jordan on The Last Dance, when he was talking about after that first three-peat, that, mm-hmm. you know, he was just drained. He was just tired, coming off the Olympics, yada, yada. And Jay brought up all the features he used to do. I don't know why he didn't say that in the moment. I think people would have kind of understood a little bit more. Maybe he just didn't want to show his hand at that point. I don't know. Maybe he felt like if he admitted that he was gassed at the moment, then that would have made him vulnerable. I don't know. But I found that interesting that he uh, said that was the reason for him, you know, retiring that first time. Yeah. You know, I was actually meaning to say something. This is a quick sidebar. Jay, you know, Jay's super inspirational, like on an MC level. You mm-hmm. know, the song that LP be joking about that I, that I, uh, that's on my first album, Canopy, that he be joking about. I got the inspiration for that from the extra verse on Big Pimpin'. When he says, on a canopy, my stamina be enough for Pamela Anderson Lee. I was like, oh, I was like, I could make a whole song about that bar. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So he's inspirational to MCs like that, too, even like on his OK stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, don't tell me that guy's not competing. It's like, no, you can hear his competitive fervor like everywhere enough to it inspires you. Like, that's one of the best things about him. 
Do you not think that maybe he has reached the point where he understands that, you know what, maybe my days of competing are just no longer here? Well, I don't think what Nas is doing is competing because it's like, well, when you're Nas and when you're Jay, you just really got to do that. I think they set a different tone, though. That is competing. You feel what I'm saying, though? Like, that is competing. Yeah. I think Nas has set a different tone, right? I think Nas can go out there and make albums and not have to worry about how they chart, where they chart, yeah, if he right. has hits. You know, Beyonce's coming out with an album next Friday, right? Mm-hmm. And the pressure for it to not only, it's going to do the numbers, it's Beyonce, right? But to actually be a very good album with some staying power, because it's getting mixed reviews on the single, right? And even though that they're pushing the of the single very hard on people, people aren't really connecting with this single like they have before on many of her other stuff. But for artists who have set tones like that throughout their career, they can't just put out an album. They have to put out a moment, you know? It's like Michael and Prince. Prince had the freedom at a certain point in the 90s specifically, but he could just go out there and make an album that was just some good music. You know, mm-hmm. money don't matter tonight and stuff like that. Like, yeah. the most Michael had the to world. put out big songs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's where Jay is with it, where it's like, he can't go out there and just put out a magic. And even whether he puts out like, a, a, let's just say an American Gangster, and that was a long time ago now, he had to have the Rock Boys on there. Mm-hmm. A lot of what you're saying is valid. He's still Jay. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean... As much as I love those hits on on the first album, I mean, Mike, most of his greatest hit stuff, like his best songs were on his first two albums, and they're almost not hit related at all. Well, no, so, that's the problem. And we've talked about this before. Like, how about that's this? the thing with him. His best <laughs> records, and that's why he always talks about his B-sides when he talks about verses. His best records are the ones that weren't the hits. That's his what hit I'm trying to say, Mike. That... I told you this, Mike. He's he's the second greatest MC of all time, in my opinion. Well, he's the second greatest B-side mater next to next to Nas, in my opinion, too. You feel what I'm saying? It's like, no, he's the second best B-side maker, too, like right next to Nas. So but it's like when you're saying hit. so when you're saying he can't he can't like just go make a magic, it's like, no, part of me, it's like, no, you're so fucking big. Like, yes, you can. Like, yes, yeah, yes, you actually can. There were no hits on four, kind four, of four. Volume one minus the singles is kind of that. Yes, you can. Okay. Mad Max of the Super Chat says, uh, we're talking about the same hoe that was scared to go go at it with Kiss and sent beans. <laughs> Pop shit and apologize. Niggas just asked Kiss. I don't think he was scared of Kiss. I think that he knew beans had a good shot. And he took it. Man, Kiss beans got some bodies, I mean, man. Like, like they're saying send beans like beans is like some regular guy. <laughs> it's not a regular guy. Yeah. Yeah, beans is probably... I mean, I don't even know who I could correlate Beans to as a number two. I mean, is he Scottie Pippen level? Okay, so we got, I mean, are we done with the Jay interview so we can talk about Beans for a second? (laughs) We didn't even really dig into the Jay interview. Right, let's dig into the Jay interview. You want to talk about Beans. Beans anyway. No, I mean, we can kind of pick that back up as we finish the Jay interview and piggyback into it into who Beans is. Beans is... Man, Beans is a guy who, as a second guy, and like I've said on the show before, I don't think there's anybody who's had to deal with the fact that 
the guy who was going to sign off on your album songs had his career in full swing. That's something that Method Man said in that interview, in the Math Hoffa interview as well, which I thought was interesting, where he said artists shouldn't sign to another artist that's in the middle of their career. I think that that's kind of more angled towards their era, and I see how that really hurt Beans. I don't say really hurt Beans, because being with Jay helped Beans as well. But he was never going to be able to put out the blueprint because the beats that were on the blueprint were not going to go to him, even if he heard them first, right? So I think that part of it's problematic. But anyway, even with all that handicap going on, Beans has an incredible catalog. And I can only imagine what he would have made if he was the flagship artist somewhere. Uh, Michael Williams says, uh, what do you think Jay-Z's best ever flow slash rhyme scheme is? Whew. Hmm. Hmm. You know, his, yeah. um, his flow on, um, on the, excuse me, Miss Remix, the La 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 Remix. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's Vicious Jay flow. First verse? That, 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 yeah, that flow is disgusting, Mike. That whole, yeah. Yeah. Like that guy, that's up there. I mean, he he's Jay, so there are a lot of those, aren't there? I was thinking 44 fours for a minute. If we um, just go straight flow, and oh, we're not we're talking about the words flow. in okay. there, I um, like Blueprint 2-ish, Black Album-ish, Jay. I was actually about to say, and Mike, so, Lucifer. Okay, Lucifer, you said that before on the show. I mean, I think one of my go-to verses is uh, Hovey Baby, Seven Straight Summers Critics Might Not Admit It, But Nobody in Rap Did It Quite Like I Did It. Did it, I've done it before, you get it, I had it. I don't know. I think that that's more lyrical. I was going to say, maybe the lyrics get in the way of that where it makes me feel like the flow is, yeah. 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 Conversational uh, flow, man. Um, I was actually about to say, you know, st- you want to know what? I still love his flow on the second verse of Imaginary Players. And now you got these young cats acting yeah. like they slum cats, all in their dumb raps, talking about how they fun stack. When I see, see them in the, the streets, streets, I don't see none of that. Damn, Playboy, what the fuck's the at? Where's all the ice with all the platinum under that? Those ain't Rolex diamonds. What the, the fuck, fuck you done to that? Y'all rapping ass niggas, you funny to me. Selling records being you. Still, you want to be me. I guess for every buck you make, it's like a hundred for me. Still, you running around thinking that you got something on me. But I done did it. And y'all want to take my flow and run with it. That's cool. And he literally took his tone down. That's cool. I was the first Person one with it. it. And then he switched his flow. Original. Jig is the future flow. Digital. Still mm. busting a gap when shit gets critical. Sit it down. I don't, I don't want y'all to, to get, get it confused. confused. And he switched the flow again. I rip it down. Like, y'all ain't got nothing to lose. Y'all get it now? Like, he literally, on the last, like, six bars, to three different flows. Yo, he really killed Mace on that record, man. Three different <laughs> flows, six bars. You Nasty. know what? I was going to say, it's all right. Last verse. That, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. Jay, so there's, like, verses like this, like, in abundance. Yeah. Uh, we got the L Web 100 says Jay was flowing on uh, Squeeze first. I just hate that beat. I'm sorry. I don't like the beat. But yeah, he's flowing on there. Um, How does that last verse on It's All Right go? Uh, on the Jewels, I spent more money than Latrell. Yeah. They know yeah. you too well. You jail they, like they love. You, but they I know you above too the well. city in a private jet, live a set, pressure brakes, feds want to investigate. 
Mr. I don't cop nothing, less than eight, and anything involved with my name, regardless of the fame. It's hard. I can't even walk Ooh. through Harlem again, charge it to the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the Michael American. Yeah. Oh, Mike, you know what I was thinking? Snoopy Trap. So disgusting on Snoopy Trap. I love, I love Snoopy Trap. I think that's so one saying. of his most underrated records. It is. Opinion. It's probably it's it's it, because people don't talk about it because I don't think people really talk about volume three in his catalog right, anymore. Right. Like volume one and volume three, it seemed to kind of like like dissipated for some reason. Mm-hmm. But some of his best stuff, like his flow on "Come and Get Me" too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I always love that verse. Yeah, Inspector with a super chat says Jay is musically insecure. Uh, that's why he's always trying to do new, new instead of classic. Jay has, uh, Jay, Jay, his fans once hasn't dropped a classic in 15 years. I think he's saying uh, the Jay that fans want hasn't dropped a classic in 15 years. Um, I don't know, man. I, I look for, I at first said, I'm kind of flip-flopping on this, right? Before I was okay. saying, I didn't think he was coming with anything. And then when he made his speech at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I was like, I'm looking forward to some new Jay stuff. Now, after hearing this interview, I might have to disagree with you, bro. I believe him. I don't think he's coming out with anything. But uh, let me give a disclaimer. Jay is so convincing in his interviews and his speeches and shit, I end up kind of believing anything he says anyway. So (laughs) He's, I mean... And this is Pac and Big included. He's still arguably the most charismatic MC who ever lived, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, never sell water to a whip. Yeah. So, I believe him. He might be hustling me. But. I guess that. I mean, Mike, he's such a good hustler. That's part of why I don't believe him. I'm like, no. Yeah, you don't want to believe him. I already know how you get down. Like. Because I'm looking at the fact. I know you're selling something. I'm not buying it yet. I'm looking at the factors, though, and the biggest factor is, like, who's going to produce this? And it's 2022 or 2023, whenever he would release it. I think that, and I say this respectfully, even though people took well to 444, I don't think it's one of those things where, yeah, let me get back in the lab with no ID again. I don't think that's happening. I don't think that he's cool with the mixed reactions that 444 has had over the years from a production standpoint, because the big points or the high points that people point to for that album is centered around him, not the production. Well, here's what I would tell you. Somebody said Mad Lib. That's interesting. Go ahead. That I thought about that. I thought Mad Lib would be an interesting choice just because of the more enlightened state that he appears to be in. Exactly. He appears to be a more um, spiritually... Um, driven man in terms of where his thought processes center themselves, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, when you have, I'm not even going to get into that, but your point about the whole Michael Jackson Prince thing with the whole Nas J thing in terms of how the lanes are set up. Well, he's not the hit maker that he once was. And so I get the big splash. Some of the big splash could just be the producer pairing. Mm-hmm. And so what I would tell you is, is that, whoever was going to take this project on is going to be somebody large where it would like ring a bell hard, just off the strength of Jay's doing it with boom. Like, like obviously insert Dr. Dre's name first and everybody goes a muck and that's all the buzz you meet. And then it just gets down to the music. 
Dr. Dre doesn't want any parts of that. I'm just I'm just giving him well, yeah. obviously the prime example, but this is what I mean. It's Jay. So if you go Pete Rock, DJ Premier, Alchemist, like it just you know what I mean? It goes well. Whoa, okay. Well, I think too, and I think the Premier Pete Rock. And he wouldn't choose Premier. Yeah, yeah, I don't think and, he choose. Pre- and I think that just for the audience that he goes for, I don't know if their production style is where he wants to go in 2022. How about this? What if him and Timberland were really to get together and do a whole album? Because he actually has done the most with Timberland's hip hop stuff. What if Timberland and and, and and Jay get together? That's big. That's what I would I'm love that. But they kind of did that with Holy Grail and it kind of fell short. It doesn't it try again. That's what I'm saying. You can insert a lot of big names. Well, Pharrell. I don't like where Pharrell is right now. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Who you telling? Now, I don't. I can't really speak for Timberland. I can't really speak for Timberland, but I do believe that Jay and Timberland have a level of chemistry where they get in the lab together, they can make some magic. Uh, I mean, it's Jay. He's capable of anything. Yeah, I think when it comes to Pharrell, I'm gonna need to know that Chad's involved to Me be too. excited. But I'm just saying, I'm just going off of like what Jay needs because a part of who he is is that name thing that you're saying where yeah, like right. it rings bells. And what I'm saying is, is that picking the big producer might get the skip over some of that hit making that may not be at the same high level. Or maybe, you know, skip just, step over. Or maybe just finding an interesting pair, pairing, excuse me, like Nas and Hip Boy did. Do you think that there's a way where a Mike Will made can be inserted in this? Or do you think there's a way where um, a Metro or... So how about this? Do you, rem- do you remember our conversation like when we were texting before King's Disease came out? Mm-hmm. Where we were talking like, like what? Hip Boy. Hip Boy. Nice. We want to hear premiere. We were like, <laughs> and then you sent me the track list. I'm like, I'm like Big Sean Anderson Pack. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm like Mike. What the fuck going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, I like the ski beats thing. I like I the think ski that's idea. dope, man. Um, yeah, I see a bunch of names here. I see Yay Timbo Swiss, No ID Pharrell, no. Uh, probably Dre Alchemist, but I like. Ski beats because I think that can give him an organic vintage sound if that's what he's going for, especially with the enlightenment. And it'd be like an updated version of the guy that you heard back in the day. You know what I mean? I mean, what do you think? Even though I think their first pairing didn't really go off well, like even like DJ Quick, I think that's like I look at a dark horse or somebody like that. He's already done work with DJ Quick. Quick is a great, great Great beat maker. You know what, man? I like Justify My Thug. I just think that Quick's the kind of producer. In my opinion. Exactly. Quick's the kind of producer is like, look, I need your whole project. Don't give me one song. You know what I mean? Uh, Mad Max of the Super Chat says, Ho, uh, all time great, but he's done. He's a snooze now. This is what the younger generation is saying, Ho. The Mm. younger guys are saying you're boring now. I don't believe that. I still got some hope. Uh, Michael Brown with the Super Chat says, Mike and Coop, what do you guys think Doggy Diamond's critique of Jay-Z only does interviews with Kevin Hart slash Rap Radar types, not interviews with uh, the ones that would challenge him? The Rock Nation breakup, NFL deal. Yeah, definitely a safe environment. 
But I think that you're going to find that with any superstar. The only one that you're not going to find that with is Kanye West. He'll jump in the fire. Say, he don't so, give a fuck. <laughs> so we've spent uh, the last couple of days talking about some interviewers from two of uh, two titans and icons in rap and Method Man and Jay-Z. Look at the framework of how those interviews take place. And this is the only thing I'm going to raise issue with with both of the interviews because both of the interviews were really good. And mm-hmm. I can honestly say I enjoyed them both. Me too. For different reasons, for different styles. There's different ways, different settings, different styles, different formats to interview somebody. Job well done. Hip-hop is something that's born in an uncomfortable environment. And so there's something to me that's a little disconcerting about the need for these men who come from these uncomfortable environments to put themselves in these utmost comfortable situations like they don't have the capability of answering uncomfortable questions. They've already beat the uncomfortable circumstances. The uncomfortable question is much, much fucking easier than what you've already survived. And so just some of the protection that kind of comes with it, where you can't maybe ask certain things or go certain places. And I get like going certain places. Like there's a certain woman that Method Man was attached to, you know, once upon a time. And if I was him, I would be like, you know, pre-interview. Hey, none of that. No, no, no. Cool. Bet that. Because we ain't really come for that anyway. You feel me? Right. At least according to hip hop doesn't. Of course. But, But look at Jay sitting down with Kevin Hart. I'm like, well, that's your boy. Meth sitting down with Hoffa. It's like, well, y'all got a whole relationship. You niggas is on the phone. Y'all had a whole thing where Meth put you, helped put him right. in play and all that. And so, like, the, comf- the comfort level that these guys are put in to a spouse now is a little disconcerting to me. And it's like, no, some of this shit is supposed to be uncomfortable and, like, tenuous and, like, asking tough and difficult questions. It's what journalism is. Yeah. That's how you actually... You know, get somewhere. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like and, I didn't learn I anything say new about that, Jay. I, I didn't learn anything. Did you learn anything about Jay? I'm gonna say this, and I've said I think I might have said this before in our private conversations. At this point, I don't expect to learn anything from a Jay Z interview. It's gonna be so controlled. But even with that right. being said, I enjoyed this interview. I mean, yeah. I think what you learn is where they're at currently. Uh, but it's never anything where it's like, you know what? I never knew that. Um, I'm just saying there's like, this is what I'm saying. So like, e- this is what I mean. Even some of the super chat questions that we get. No, those are like valid head questions. It's like, don't you think it would be cool as a music fan to ask Jay-Z be like, hey, what's your favorite flows from what songs like yeah. you you tell us your top five flows what does jay-z think his top five flows are because you know one of the things that always struck me around the time that he did volume one or after volume one he said like lucky me was one of his favorite songs and i'm thinking that's one of the worst songs on volume one mm. you know and, you and get, so at that be- point you got to ask why because there's right. always a reason. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. so it's like, no, that's rap shit. And it's like this interview didn't have that, but it didn't have a lot of other things. So you really didn't get to peel back any layers like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You really didn't. You just got like I got. Guess what you got? You got that his business acumen is like all time high. It's like, well, how long have we known that? <laughs> you can tell from the tone of his music and just from the fact that he did. You can tell just from the verbiage being used on the a written testimony from a couple of years ago that spiritually he's in a different place. You get what I'm saying? I mean, I so, want to know about that album, too, and how that came together if we're going to be current. 
there was no discussion of that either. And even how that came about, what were you in the session? Did you piggyback off of some of these? Did you help fill the gaps and finish this? Like mm-hmm. that's real hip hop stuff. Like yeah. how did that album come together? And so it's almost like those aren't even tough questions. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, can we ask those to him? And to you know what I'm saying? Jay Short with the super chat says, uh, sorry if I'm off topic. If big hit live, what do you think that the mythical triple album would have sounded like, especially with Bad Boy falling apart. Would it have been a classic? Based on where Bad Boy was going, in my opinion, I don't think so. I think Bad Boy was getting in more of the Jiggy era, but I don't know if that was just a response to the murder of Big either. But we can say No Way Out was already, you know, pretty much done, right? Mm-hmm. And we can also say that more money, more problems wasn't an anomaly. It was where they were going. So I think we would have gotten more of that. I think we would have gotten more of Big trying to balance out that with the street records, but it might not have been as good of an attempt with you know as Life After Death was. I think the more that you add on a triple disc, the more it's going to dilute the quality of what you're trying to do. I'm somewhere in the middle. So here's what I'll also share with you. And and this is something that I literally just thought about. No Way Out is probably what prompted Biggie to want to make a triple. Because think about what Method Man said. You don't want to be signed to somebody who's an artist in the middle of their career. Puff was actually using Big to help get his whole career started. Think about this. No Way Out's coming out. While he has the locks and Black Rob and Mace, and he wants to do a solo album, but pretty much featuring all of them. You feel what I'm saying? The family. So, so that probably prompted Big to be like, okay, he's doing that. I'm going to help him finish this. He's going to take these dudes on tour when he comes back. This triple album is going to be almost done because also Big is smart too. His double album is the shortest of all the double albums. And so that triple probably would have been three discs, but they probably would have been two ones. Yeah, like 10, 10, 10 or something. Yeah. Um, Because No Way Out is probably what made Big thinking, no, 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 it's probably time for me to exit stage left. He wants to be big. Puff wants to be big. It's like, I gotta go. But, I mean, according to them, Big pushed for Puff to have a solo career as an artist, so... Uh, Michael but Big Williams was also planning on making a triple and leaving. Like, like you know, you, you still don't yeah. know like how those conversations like right. really, really happen. But because we just know what other big, people said, you know. Big I mean, said, if you're you know. big though, and you're bigger than literally everybody except for Tupac, and Puff is like, yeah, making an album. I mean, I'm looking at it just like a man and like an MC. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm probably gonna. I'm probably gonna, gonna slide. I'm like, uh, Michael Williams with the Super Chat says, whose feature verse is better? AZ on Life's a Bitch or Nas on Verbal Intercourse? Hmm. Realizing the realism of the life in actuality. Fuck who's the baddest a person's status depends on salary or my mentality. Money orientated. Hmm. I think I, I think you know we what? did a top ten. I think we did a top ten verses of all time, and I think these verses ended up right next to each other almost. I think like verbal intercourse ended up being like fourth or something, and life's a bitch ended up being like fifth or sixth or something like that. So extremely like close. 
Like, if you told me uh, these were the two best 16 bar verses ever, I'd be okay with that, actually. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is where I want to go with this. I I'd probably that, lean on verbal intercourse. I think verbal intercourse. The right. beat's better, I think, though. I think only built for. I don't know about that. I disagree with you on that. I think only built for Cuban Links is the most lyrical hip hop album I've ever heard, and or one of them. And Nas has the best verse on that album of Verbal Intercourse. That's why I would lean. But that feature on he said, "What's the better feature?" Oh, he said feature. Yeah, I'm going with Az on Illmatic with the only feature on Illmatic, and this individual verse spawned a whole career just a year later how about this one verse started a legendary career one kind of submitted like a moment for an mc like yeah that's that guy i mean he's, nobody can rap it's the first time anybody outside of wu-tang collaborated with wu-tang too it's both of them are epic for different reasons no I, no, I still got to lean on verbal intercourse, Mike. I do. And, and it's not by a lot, but it's about what you're saying. Well, first of all, ain't nobody got the rap on a RZA beat. And the first person that does it does that. Mm -hmm. And they do it on that album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That time, like it's 1995. You know what I'm saying? Everybody who's emceeing is around. And it's like, I don't know, nobody's better than that guy. Did you hear that? No, no, well, no. I don't I care. Mean, if we can also look at you know? it this way, right? Nas being the um, the prophet and just being the chosen one at that time, everybody's scrambling to work with Nas, right? And AZ gets the call, however it happens, is like, look, you're the only feature on Illmatic. Go. And this is what he gave us. I think that's very, very impressive. No, like I said, it's, it's as close as close could be. If, if you're picking Life's a Bitch in AZ's verse, I'm not going to... You know, I just tell you, like, for some of the same reasons that you gave me, why it's the yeah. verbal intercourse for me. Because, because I mean, Mike, these are two of the top five rap albums of all time to me. It's like, well, if I think Illmatic is the greatest rap album of all time, there's only one guest verse on there. And that guest verse literally got a guy a whole record deal. Yeah, the verse is probably pretty damn important, pretty damn special. Yeah. Like, I told you, Life's a Bitch to me is a better street record, like, just overall than Shook One's part two, because of lyrically what it provides from beginning to end, because you only get one prodigy verse on Shook One's two. Mm. Uh, homeboy Blaze with the Super Chat says, would Jay let Westside Gun executive produce it? That would be a good move, actually. That would be excellent. That would be a good move. That's See, excellent. I listen to Homeboy idea. Blaze out there, y'all. I mean, I, I know that. some people in the camp might be watching the show, possibly, allegedly. We'll that's, I think that's, that's a good idea. That's the best comment. Yeah. Uh, ED with the Super Chat says, Jay-Z's working with a mix of uh, current producers and vets. That would be that would be dope. Uh, Boy Wonder, Metro Boomin, Bink, Pharrell, Ye, Alchemist, and Cardo. I, you know, I don't... I think that the format of having a bunch of producers on the album is kind of minimizing. I think we're seeing more people, you know, kind of consolidate those things and get a rhythm going with like one or two producers to do the whole thing. Because sounds are everywhere now. And I don't know how well that will work for him in this point. Uh, Willard Weston says, where do you guys rank Jay-Z all time from NYC? Two. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Objectively, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we talk about not personally, and, but objectively too. Yeah. Because I personally think that Rakim is the best lyricist I've ever heard. But yeah, if we we consider everything, Jay Z is number two, and I had Jay at number one before Nas did this KD KD two and uh, Magic run. So. Uh, Lex Diesel with the super chat says it's a good chance Jay Z really ain't active uh, because he knows if he drops something now, it's ultimately going to be compared to Nas's recent work. Jay doesn't want that smoke, so he only <laughs> his only move is to lay low and hope Nas's run ends. I'm inclined to believe that because what Nas is doing right now is unprecedented. None of us saw it coming. Not even the biggest Nas fan saw this one coming. <clears throat> you heard how I was talking before KD won. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. What I'll tell you to that is that that just that's not the guy that we know though. That's not the Jay Z that we know. So that, like, if that is what he's doing, that's a different guy than we got. You know, that's the antithesis to his competitive nature. I think he sounds <clears throat> different anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, listening to four four four, that's a Jay Z we didn't you know historically know either. True. No, um, I mean true. Mr. Mark 66 says, um, Nori is going to ask gossipy rumor hood questions that we really already know the answers to. We will learn nothing. Um, he's in a different space. It is what it is. Um, let's see. I feel like we have another one that we're missing. You ready to talk about beans a little bit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, get yeah. Nah, the ghost said he didn't get a notification. Man, YouTube is tripping on us. We still got 250 people in here. We appreciate y'all coming in. We had a good show so far. Beanie Seagull got his voice back, huh? Yeah, you seen that clip I sent you? It appears that way. Yeah. So, who would you like to see Beanie Seagull work with? Go ahead. What were you saying? Who would you like to see Beanie Seagull work with? Production wise. Oh, I hope he calls everybody that's giving Griselda beats. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, Alchemist. If uh, you know, I saw something in the Butcher, chat. I saw something in the chat I want to address. All those producers we named, none of us named Just Blaze. That's problematic. Because we know that Just Blaze and Jay have a huge chemistry based on their previous works. And people weren't even naming Just Blaze like that. It's a little misstep. Is it a misstep on who's in? Like, I mean, what are you, I mean? What are you saying with the Just Blaze? What I'm saying is the fact that we didn't even consider Just Blaze, and I think that maybe we're the, that far removed from the work that Jay and Just Blaze have done together, or maybe. Maybe, and we saw this on Certified Lover Boy. At least I did. Drake's album. Maybe Just Blaze's sound is a little dated right now. Mm. You know the song. Where him, I don't even know if he's working. Like, like what's what's he actively working on that's been like getting put out for consumption? Well, like you? I said, he was on Certified Lover Boy, the song with Wayne and Ross, right? And I think right. that beat a lot of people's feedback was the fact that it sounded old. Right, I remember when he did big time for uh, Rick Ross on uh, Port of Miami too. A lot of, a lot of the feedback on that one was, you know, this sound like 2002, but not in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah, the beat didn't hold super well. Yeah, so 
Maybe that's why we subconsciously didn't even consider Just Flex. I didn't. I'm not even going to lie. I didn't think of Just. I'm high on Just in ways that you aren't. I mean, we had a whole debate about Havoc mm-hmm. and Just. So, um, but yeah, I guess that's just the honest feedback with it, you know. Um, that's when we're taking Havoc. I, you know what? I'm going to keep it all the way real. And I, I think that Just Blaze is probably Jay-Z's best collaborator when it comes to uh, production based on what they've done. I'd rather hear Ski. I'd rather hear Jay and Ski. When you're saying best collaborator, are you saying like the amount of quality songs they've done together? Yes. Okay. I think he's made some of like, Jay-Z's best songs. Yes. I mean, I could say the same thing about... Um, like all the primo shit though. You feel what I'm saying? Even though there's not like as much primo shit as there is just Blaze stuff. The primo stuff though, Mike. I mean, you know? They got you don't so, know together. They got public service announcement together. I mean I'm sorry, Mike. The evils and a million and one questions kind of trumps that for a lot of heads. Just truthfully speaking, I love you're, talking like on, you're talking like you're talking like on a public evils. consumption scale, yeah. but in rap, Mike, you know the evils and a million and one questions goes further than public service announcement and what about the and, dynasty intro? I mean, I could keep going. Stick no, 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 no. Script. I get you. I got friend or foe, and I got friend or foe ninety-eight. Oh no, nah, man! I got the dynasty intro over that. I got bring it on. I got bring, bring it on. on, Mike. Give me bring it bring on. Bring it on, on is the dynasty beautiful. Intro. Yeah, bring it on is better than the dynasty intro, Mike. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, bring that, that I disagree with. No, bring it on is better than the dynasty intro. We should put that as a poll. High post like high king. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, no. The rapping is better. Yes, but the beat okay. is not. Think the beats better too. Uh, Ryan Gillen with the super chat says, uh, "What main producers do y'all think uh, should be on Ti's last album?" Yeah, we don't talk about Ti's last album enough. So I personally think it should get back to two, Manny, nope. Crit, just those three. I say Toomp. just Crit and Jazzy Faye, honestly. I'm cool with Toomp and Jazzy Faye, actually. No, I'm sorry. Did I say Crit? I'm at Toomp and Jazzy Faye. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cool with Toomp and Jazzy Faye. Can I throw you a wild card? Go for it. Always wished he would have worked with David Banner more. I agree with that. I that, felt like I him and David. Agree. I felt like him and David Banner could have had something special. I think so too. Rubber Band Man was a moment. That was really the one that broke him. It if was. We that keep was it the real. One. That was the one that broke him. Yeah. Because twenty fours. I, I, I never understood why that didn't like. Yeah, I was. I never understood that. Twenty fours was kind of like you know regional or whatever. It was dope. It was popping out here, popping in the south. Uh, let's get away. It did its thing. You know, it was a little cool, sexy video and all that stuff. Uh, what was the mm-hmm. other one I'm thinking about? Uh, uh, Be easy. It was more local. Twenty fours. But, but rubber. No, yeah, twenty fours was local too. But rubber band yeah. man, that was the one on trap music that did it. Yeah, that made it like the one hundred six and yeah. like all that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what made him a notable face. All right, so we got uh, Cam Porter with the super chat says. Uh, that's Bink on uh, Certified Lover Boy's track. Oh, okay. He would be pissed that y'all call him just a Just Blaze track. I'm sure he would. I'm he sorry. Would. I thought that was Just. Well, I got some bad information, I guess. So thanks for correcting that. Sorry about that, Bink. <coughs> Ryan Gillum with the Super Chat says, Thanks, Mike. Just uh, just Blaze for T.I.'s last album as well. Ooh, did, did, did Just Blaze do For The Fam? I don't know if Just Blaze did for the fan. I don't know. That could be Bink, too. I don't want to miss it. I was thinking that might be Bink, too, because that might be my favorite Just Beat, other than you don't know. Uh, Nas the Goat says, Mike, you think Just Blaze over Ye for uh, Jay-Z? 
Um, you know me, guys. I'm a gay guy, but I might have to say so. I think that just Blaze's drums and his heavy approach really match Jay Z's vibrato more than you know some of the soulful stuff that Ye did. Now, granted, I think Kanye is a much better producer overall, but I think that the combination of what Just was doing and Jay's approach was probably a more powerful fit. Andrea no, Green, who was it? Ty Five did the beat. Ty Five, okay. Andrea Green with the super chat says, "After KD three, what would you rather have if only one Nas DJ Premier album, Nas AZ album?" The Firm album or a proper double album release of the I Am 25th anniversary? Give me the I Am. you damn right. Give me the I Am. Give me the I Am. But, ooh, I would love to hear a Nas AZ album. So the production would just have to be right, though. Exactly. So many other question marks with the other stuff. <laughs> right. Just give to- me the I Am double. The I Am double's done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, try me with super chat says um, what a hippo hippo character waves his hand oh this is a um, hippo Very character nice. waves his hand in front of his neck with the awkward look on his face signaling the player to, uh, is done these are more of the characters in the super chat they actually have me reading the description of the super sticker kind of threw me off uh, web uh, visibility says which borough of New York do you think has the best collection of MCs? I think Queens has the top tier MCs, but Brooklyn has the most in terms of volume. I'm going Brooklyn. I'm going Queens, but that depends on how deep we're going. Because if we're going 20 deep, it's Brooklyn. But if we're going 10 deep, it's Queens. Does that make sense? Give me a 10. Ooh. Because I can rattle off my 10. All right, let me ask you first. Is Buster okay. Rhymes Brooklyn or are you going him uh, for Long Island? I'm going to let you decide that because didn't he get the Brooklyn late? Yeah, I- I'll leave him off because Brooklyn's... I deep. mean, no, I mean, if you want to... Hold on, what does he rep? I think... I don't know, guys. Does he rep Long Island or Brooklyn? I think I might hear more Long Island than Buster because I don't really hear a lot of Brooklyn, Brooklyn. ED with the Super Chat says, Coop is bugging. Just Blaze holds the title for the best collaborations with Jay-Z. No one uh, got that amount of heat together with Jay. Uh, Mr. Mark 66 says, because of the Nas latest run, uh, should the consensus be Nas needs Hit Boy? Like some say Jay needs Kanye? Hmm. Interesting. Well, we heard Nas on this premiere track. Uh, We heard Nas on Echo, which was Swiss. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I I don't know if. I, well, we could say the Nasir didn't really go over too well with people, and that was Kanye. So yeah, I mean, I guess an argument can be made for that. All right, I'm gonna get to my Brooklyn list. I'm gonna leave Buster Rhymes off, right? Just yeah, yeah. Go go ahead and start because I'm 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 carefully I'm, selecting my Queens top ten because you have more. I got volume, more to choose from. You got more volume to choose from than I do. You I do. got Kane, Jay, Big. Most, AZ, Jizza, mm-hmm. Light. Okay. Huh, now I got to get selective. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I said Tupac was born in Brooklyn. We're not doing that today, guys. We are not doing that. <laughs> We're not doing that today. 
Um, I'm thinking Sean Price. I'm thinking Fab. Oh, man. Fuck it, man. Give me Sean P. Okay. Um, I might mm-hmm. go Lil' Kim. But let me... Shit, give me Fab, man. They said Quali. I know Quali's more Cincinnati, man. I'm going to leave Quali out to be fair, too. Where's Quali from? Actually, you know what? He's from Brooklyn. He spent time in Cincinnati. Give me Quali, then. Okay. Hmm, Papoose, too. Damn. Guru. Now, give me Guru. Okay. All right, so I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, and I kind of got all kind of different styles here. So this is what I got. I got Kane, J, Big, Mostaf, AZ, Jizza, MC Light, Sean Price, Fab, Guru. Yes, Foxy Brown was left out, and so was Ken. Mm. Okay. Y'all want me to take Fab out and put Quali in? Because I keep seeing Quali is repping Brooklyn. Because if anybody goes, I'm probably going to take Fab out. Where's Farrell Munch? Farrell Munch, Queens, He's right? Queens, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got that. Yeah. I'm making my list still. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. I mean, I got 10. Okay, so <clears throat> I think... They say Guru's uh, from Boston. He's from Boston. Yeah, Guru is from Boston. That's right. Yeah, Talib. I'll put Talib in that spot. Okay, I'm tr- I'm trying to kind of be selective, like, about who I'm choosing to. One, two, three, four, five, oh, six. Joey Badass, I like it. Uh, I got everybody eight. in BK got Fab on their list. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So what you got? I'm almost done. I'm trying to, I'm thinking <laughs> of a master plan, Mike. <laughs> Thinking of a master plan. All right, um, because because I'm trying to do something because you kind of threw me for a loop with some of your choices because you got like a lot of diversity in there, and so I had to go get diverse on that ass a little bit. But I got Nas, of course. Mm-hmm. I got LL. I got Prodigy. I got G Rap. Okay. I got Q Tip. I got Fifty. Check this out. I got Ja Rule. Okay. I got Pharaoh Munch. And then I was kind of stuck because I was thinking there's a lot of ways to go, but I'm going to throw go with a couple loops and go with some like local hometown frameworks, Master Ace and Sticky Fingers. Okay. I think I got I got some other guys because I didn't use Capone and Noriega or Havoc yet. I got some other guys too. I was expecting Roxanne Shante. That's where you threw me for a loop, but I don't know if I can throw her in here and win that because you got light. You feel what I'm saying? That's why I was like, oh, no, I need to pick somebody like a guy who's like super dope, like from the area. And that's where I started thinking about Sticky and Master Ace when you Mm. did the light thing, because I knew I couldn't win with Roxanne Chante. Roxanne, Roxanne. No, I think that was a great question, y'all. Yeah. So which list do you think is better? You should put our list up and see. We'll put our list up. I got mine here. Just shoot me yours and then we'll just put it up there. At least the final. And um, yeah, I. I don't know, man. I think Brooklyn just got so much to choose from, man. They got a lot to choose from. But like I said, I didn't use Tragedy, uh, Capone and Noriega, 
Who the Lost Boys? I said Shantae. Um, yeah, like Queens got Queens got Craig G. Beat Nuts is Queens. You got um Beat Nuts. The Lost Boys. Lost Boys is Queens. Mm-hmm. I might take Sticky Southside Fingers out and Jamaican put Mr. Queens. Cheeks in. Yeah, put Mr. Cheeks in there. Yeah, I put you know Cheeks what? Mr. In. Cheeks is one of my favorite rappers back in the day, man. Mr. Cheeks is underrated. His so is Sticky, but I think Mr. Crazy. Cheeks is better. Yeah. Mr. Cheeks is very CL smooth, like in the way that I talk about CL smooth being underrated. He's Ooh. been the author of so many great hip hop records. It doesn't get talked about. Like, no, Cheeks doesn't get his credit. Yeah. That's why I said Renee's no, a I'll great record. Lex Coops Beamers in the Benz is a great record. I love that record, Mike. I love yeah. that record. Great record. And yeah. uh, I mean, even if you go into two thousands, Lights Camera Action is a great record. Music makes it gets me high. Great record. Ooh, Mike, we should do a twenty piece. I'm gonna send you a twenty piece because it's okay. like no, we should do a twenty. We'll like we 20. just did ten. Let's do 20. I'll do 20 Queens and you do 20 Brooklyn and we'll put it up and we'll see. Mad Max says, Coop better have 50 and Banks on your list. <laughs> Banks will be on the second 10. Okay. Banks is Southside. Yeah. Southside. Um, yeah. 007 with the Core Mega shout out. Core Mega. Yep. Mega. Man. Uh, Beanie Siegel, man. Yeah, let's talk about seeds. Siegel top two in Philly? Yeah, it's Black Thought and then it's Siegel. It's not a conversation. Okay. Um, who, you said you would like to see Siegel hook up with Griselda. Yeah, just like beat wise, like, okay. like the people who Griselda are working with. So here's, and I really thought West about side, this man. when I heard him again. It's like, do you know who he is? He's like, he's somewhere between Raekwon and Jada Kiss. Like he has that street ethos and feel that Ray has, but lyrically, he's capable of doing the things that Jada does. But his flow is sicker than both of them. He just doesn't have either one of their voices. Even when he had his voice, he doesn't have Ray or Jada's voice. But lyrically, so he's a problem. And so think about what I'm saying. Don't we have Kiss and Ray like right outside our top 10 all time kind of? Mm-hmm. Had he stayed on the track of what the becoming is, Mike? Had he stayed on that track? I'm listening to you. No, no, no. I'm just trying to... He would be... We would be talking about where he ranks all time, like right next to Kendrick, like on the back end of that 10, because that's kind of where Kiss is and where Thought is and where Ray is. It's like, no, Beans is that. You know, that's why it's like... That's why when you brought up the other guys, it's like, well, he's not Nas, Jay, or Big, or Pac. But that's about it. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? Like, like everybody else is fair game, Mike. Damn near, like like Scarface and Ice Cube. He does a lot of the things that Scarface and Ice Cube do, but he's better lyrically than both of them. That's what I mean. No, no, no. It's fair game. This is the top five all time MC potentially. I if think he has his voice back, oh man. I think the oh. thing is, man. Like I said earlier, when you factor in the fact that he was working under a situation where the biggest artist in the game had to sign off on all of the beats that, you know, he was working on and he was in the prime of his career as well. We're talking about in Jay. We don't know how good Beanie Siegel could be as a marquee player. It's like, it's like asking somebody who has the ability to put up 30 a night to go play with a volume shooter. That's not going to get you the ball. And the ball's got to go through that person first. So, like, he's just, uh, he's really, really special. Very gifted. 
he's very gifted and it's not too late. Like, how about this? No, it's a lot of real rap going on right now. Yeah, you want to know it, but like, shout out to Pusha T and Conway because the only time I've heard anybody really give him love and put him on record in the last five years are those two guys. Mm -hmm. Pusha T on Dark Crystal Dawn with Keep Dealing and Conway just now on God Don't Make Mistakes with Lock and Load. Listen to what I'm saying. Like, first of all, everybody saying Prodigy is from Hempstead. I know. He claims the bridge. They invited him to the bridge. Y'all know that. I know he's from Hempstead. Long <laughs> Island's got a nice little MC list, too, because they it got does. Rock him. And if you wanted to say technically Busta and Prodigy, you know, Meth was even saying he lived in Long Island for they a while. Even though Long Island's not one of the five boroughs. Yeah. I know Prodigy is from Hempstead. I'm a real Prodigy fan. That's why, that's why Nas is saying D. on Destroy and Rebuild, we invited you to the hood. You got to rep it right because he reps QB. You got Chuck D out there. You got De La Soul out there. You know what I'm saying? D. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I'm looking forward to what uh, Beanie Siegel has coming in the up and coming, I guess, months possibly. I mean, because music drops so quickly. I'm excited. You know me? For I would him. like to see him hook up with Kanye. Yeah, I think I think that's a feasible possibility because of all the discourse that's happened between them. But I just want to hear him for the first time in his career truly get the producers in the love. Like because the streets yeah. are gonna circle around him, like Conway, Pusha, Benny, all those dudes, Gibbs, all those guys are gonna what you need, fam. Yeah, he's like that. He's, he's like that to them. You know what I'm saying? He, it's like that. He gave Yeezy his name. I mean, like he I said, outside Philly, of I he mean, gave Philly a whole different look, and I and I love the roots. You know I do. But I did, feel when, like when did we first? When did we first hear Siegel? I first heard him with the roots. I think on Adrenaline, mm -hmm. things fall apart. Yeah, I heard him on Crew Love first off the Belly soundtrack. Oh yeah, yeah, Crew Love was before that. Yeah, that's where I heard him first. That's '98, right? Yeah, that's '98. Yeah, Bean's the best rapper that came out since '98, in my opinion. If we just talking about all things considered as an MC, that's what I'm saying. That's oh, who best he rapper is. to come out period since '98. If we're just talking to MC, I'm not talking about the totality of the catalog. It's like I know Kendrick and Cole have passed him with what they've done. But we talking about, I'm just talking about the talent of MC that he is. Oh no, like like where he where he trends towards as an MC. Because he can do things lyrically that a Nas can do, but he can do things emotionally that a Scarface and a Tupac can do. And his flow is sick. So and as he an MC vicious. You, as an MC you would put Siegel over uh Kendrick and Cole. Yes, because think Mike, feel it in the air. Yeah, they can't do those. They, Mike, I can't go on this way. Yeah. Uh, the shit right after, uh, the shit right before it's on with Jay. Look at me now. Oh no, Kendrick and Cole can't do that shit on their best days. Type of shit that puts you in tears, man. No, they can't. And yes, he is. He. That's what I'm saying. He's like that. What about DMX? Like that. What about DMX? X is right before because that's who I was thinking of. <laughs> that's why I said since. That's why I was like, no, no, no. Since then, because think about it. DMX is in Belly. First yeah. time you're hearing Siegel is Belly. So X has just already did the It's Dark and Hell is Hot thing in Flesh of My Flesh. But yeah, Siegel, I, I take him MC-wise. That's what I'm saying. Just as an MC. All things considered, what does he have? He's got the flow. He's got the delivery. He's got the lyrics. He's got the song-making ability. He's got the street credibility. Like, he's got everything. Let he's me ask you this while we're on this. While we're on this. And before we get out of here, because I kind of got to run, got to start packing up and all that. I know. Um, right now, 
on an all-time list. And we've seen what Mr. Morale and all of that and the reaction of that has been over the past couple of months. And um, Kendrick just opened up his tour. He was in OKC uh, for the whole tour. Right now, at this moment, on the all-time list, who ranks higher? Kendrick or Cole? Has anything changed? I mean, I think, and I don't care what anybody says about this album. This is album does hurt like Kendrick Lamar's. The break hurts too. The break, no, no, no. The break didn't hurt until he came out with something that musically. That's what I mean. In combination. Yeah. Right. Like, like he just, I'm sorry. Like you just didn't keep the standard that you had set going. And in, 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 in the same breath, while you did not keep your high level standards of album making going, like, Cole sounds better right now than he ever has. And so what I would tell you is that another Forest Hills Drive level type of album out of Cole makes this conversation a viable one. So it's a possibility. People in the chat are going, Cole, Cole. That's what I'm saying. Cole, yeah. That's... It's not Cole yet, but it's like, no, Mike, these things happen fast. The way Cole been rapping the last two years... He, and the way this project does not sound for Kendrick, it's like, no, nah, Cole album, like, because that Cole album that came out last year is a four to me. But it's like, if he drops some 4.5, 5-ish heat, it's like, well, hold on. It's like, well, Forest Hill, that's 5-ish territory. He's got another 5-ish territory. You know what I'm saying? It's so, like, it might not be right now, but from what I see, I where, where Kendrick's going right now, it doesn't look like an upward trajectory. But right. Cole does, you know, and, and if anything, he's going to stable out. And even if he keeps it level, I don't think Kendrick's dropping anything else for a minute. I'd be very surprised if we get another Kendrick Lamar album, even in any time before 2024. Where are we at? We're halfway through 2021. We're more than halfway because we're starting to reach towards August. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, I, I mean, 2024, I think he might even be a stretch. I mean, Mike, he yeah. just really started touring, touring hard. Like, you know what I'm saying? He might yeah. tour for the next year, and that would put us in the summer of 2023. You know? Yeah. So I would say 2025 would actually be more a, a realistic estimation for getting the Kendrick album, if you really want to know the truth. Now, if we're waiting until 2025 or even 2024, and Cole goes out there and puts out more material in a year like this year, and drops an album, and let's just say next year, I'm sorry, he's probably going to be ahead of him at that point. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It happens fast. Like, like this is hip-hop. It still happens fast in terms of it's like, well, no, that one album can hurt you. That break can hurt you because your competition for your era and the time that you've gone. Like, first of all, J. Cole has arguably the best team assembled in hip-hop right now. Okay? Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. Even even Method Man brought that up in the interview. He's like, he loved Cold World. I love Dreamville. He shouted out Earth Gang. No, like Cole's team is fire. Yeah, Dreamville so is crazy right now. Cole's putting out guys that are putting out fire music too, on top of out rapping like almost everybody right now. Like, like, so the only thing that is missing right now is the album. He needs the album. Yeah, that's it. He needs like, that similar he, album that's gonna match the album, his energy. Like, think about this. What if he makes the album of the year in the year where Kendrick does something like this? Because this is the first time Kendrick's not getting album of the year that he's dropped in a major release. Is this the first time they've dropped an album in the same year? It feels that way. Mm. 
Try Me with the Super Chat says, if we get the Jay-Z that body Jay Electronica on his album, no disrespect, but we'll see the best mature, edgy Jay-Z album since 444. And, you know, and I wish that he would embrace that album a little bit more. And I might add that to the list for the stuff I'm going to listen to on the road trip, too. Like, that album doesn't get spoken about enough. And I, I think a lot of it is because the album dropped, literally, right before everybody went inside. Eh. And I don't know, man, the timing of it was was not great. And the fact that it was billed as a J Electronica album. I don't mm-hmm. know. It, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's so many things to unpack even with that album and yeah. how it came together. That's what I mean. It's like great interview, music interview stuff. Like I could spend 30 minutes to an hour just interviewing him about a written testimony and how it came together, right. his thought process for putting this stuff together. Because although, like, this is what I mean. On 444, he's just talking more like a grown man. On a written testimony thing, there's a spiritual connotation and overtone to some of the things that he is saying that's different even from 444. Right. Nobody's talked to him really about that. Mm-hmm. Can we unpack that, please, from one of our greatest MCs? No, definitely. One of our greatest minds in hip-hop ever, too. Period. No, they unpacked his business mind. They didn't unpack the genius that is his music mind, which is where all the genius started. That's what I'm saying. It's like we keep on skipping these steps. It's like, no, I get it that business-wise, he's a genius. You understand, musically, he's a genius, right, too? Right. Probably talk about the music some, too, seeing how he's a genius. (laughs) No. No, that's real. Um, Let's see. Did we check off everything? Because I want to make sure we talk about everything before we get up out of here. You got something we want to close out with? Um, I'm listening to Joey tomorrow, too. Joey. Oh, I was about to say, well, um, what do you want to do? I guess we're going to cover Joey We'll cover that Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. On Wednesday? Yeah, that'll give Um, us some time to really take it in, you know? Just want to thank everybody for the love and uh, support. Subscribe to the page. Hit the like button. Yes. Our 2021 and 2020 yearbook are still available on Amazon. You know, reach out, grab you a copy. It's collector's item. I mean, just the trending and the growth that we've experienced this year has been exponential, as was the previous year. So we just thank all of y'all for pushing it and keeping us going. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what? Mm -hmm. Also... Uh, well, I guess it's in the process right now. We actually do have the um, the digital ebook copy of our yearbooks available as well, but it should be showing up on our YouTube channel as well. I mean, I think you should be able to go to our YouTube section right next to the community section where it says store, and you'll see the ebooks as well. And they're twenty dollars, so uh, you'll be able to have those with you if you don't want the physical copy. But like Coop said, if you want the physical. That's available on Amazon as well. Right. Oh, you know, just one thing, and this is just me, like, super excited, because that Black Thought and that game are dropping on the same day on August 12th now. It's going to be a big show. Oh, that's where we need to wrap up. Mike, did you listen to the Black Thought Didn't get a chance to, and I knew you were going to say that when you mentioned that. What did you think about it? I think we might have an album of the year contender, Mike. Ah. I'm just let you listen to the record, but I think, you know, how about this? What, uh, the last one, I didn't love as much as No Gold Teeth, but it was okay. one of those things that it's like, oh, no, you placed that right in the context of this album. I want to hear. And then I heard this one and I'm like, OK, I'm like album of the year contender after these three songs. Shit, I, I like the that. one that he dropped after No Gold Teeth, too. So you like no, the one what... that came out today better than the the second one yeah. that dropped? Yeah. OK. Yeah. OK. 
Yeah, That's why I'm, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, thoughts in a nice little space, you know? Mm. Like, it just feels like the beat is... It, it's so funny to say this about him. Like, how about this? What's what's the best beat Black Thoughts ever rapped on? Off the top of my head, that's a very... It's a very compact question. Off the top of my head, though, I might go Gorilla Monsoon. Okay. I was thinking that just on some rap shit, that that beat to Concerto of the Desperado. I like that. Or Clone. Some, one of those Illadelph hip-hop Ooh, beats. You know clones, what I was actually clones. thinking? The joint I'm, I'm, I'm leaning more towards the... Clones. Yeah. Huh? I'm leaning more towards Clones. No, I was actually thinking about I'm leaning more towards the uh, the joint with Q-Tip. That beats fire. Yeah. Yeah, the Q-tip, joint with Q-Tip. Q-tip. Did Q-Tip do that track? I don't know. Probably so, though. Now the yeah. good with the super chat says, Mike, have a safe trip. Y'all have a great weekend. Yeah, appreciate that. We'll yeah. get a little bit of relaxing in. We're going to holler at y'all. And yeah, I'm going to check out all this music. I love going on road trips so I can take in even more music and bring it back with some more perspectives on Wednesday. So everybody have a great weekend. Good luck on these top fives too, Coop. You know, we're going to be talking about it anyway. I can't wait till y'all see those too. <laughs> yeah, I got to uh, I gotta get prepped for those. Um um yeah we got some uh some some special ones coming up soon so cool good stuff (laughs) salute to everybody out there appreciate the growth appreciate y'all tuning in even on a thursday yep appreciate y'all